Starting a holding pattern Holding someone else Thinking it don't matter She's flying around Leaving me on the ground And holding everyone Okay, I guess we're back Doing some sort of show here Um Honestly, people, I don't even remember where I left off. I thought I left up the recording of um, the the infamous or lost episode of uh, Zom's uh, Wisdom Tooth Extraction. But I think I did. I think I just saved it. Um, and I'm going from... What the last thing? I just left my my uh, desktop up, and I'm kind of going from uh, the last thing that's up on there, and I believe the last thing I did on the show was dragged across concrete. Um, so I'm not going to get into that too much more because I'm just going to go ahead and um, have Loaf put out the short episode uh, where I had to stop the show because I was in fucking. T- so much discomfort from the goddamn tooth uh extraction um so anyway let's just go back i think i have these movies still in order okay but it's the question of am i going to be able to remember any of this shit because to be honest with you um it's been now mm, a couple weeks i went on vacation and i think i can muddle through it so we're gonna try Okadonk. Let's see what else we have here. I watched uh, Hunter Killer from 2018. Um, well, wait a minute before we get into all that. Uh, I did go on vacation. Um, the, the, the fucking two thing, as long as I take ibuprofen about every fucking six hours. I keep saying fucking... Every six hours, uh, that takes most of the discomfort away. It's not like any kind of sharp pain or anything like that. And I think it's pretty much healing up. But my God, I mean, it was like three weeks later. And I was still, you know, after the ibuprofen would wear off, I could def- start telling it because I could feel like pressure or some kind of, uh, just like I said, discomfort in my jawbone. And it would run down into like the side of my neck and and then up in like kind of, around my eye so i don't know what the fuck was going on he just told me basically i went back up and got checked out again before i went on vacation and he um numbed me up again with a needle uh and just basically said uh gave me a reservoir thing uh to shoot water back in there to clean it out um but like i said just as i'm saying that i think it's feeling it's feeling better i can still feel back but he said you know you're getting older so it takes you a lot longer to heal which is great to hear. Um, we did go on vacation. Went with my mommy and my sister. Um, we had a good time. Ugh. I'm just doing a Matrix move there, putting the notebook down. Didn't want it to fall. Um, went to see some shows. Basically went to see some, you know, just musical stuff. Uh, nobody nobody famous, just as, as usual. Uh, we went to see... Um, Oh, some impersonators, uh, which was uh, Elton John, um, Rod Stewart, Michael Jackson, and Blues Brothers, and there was somebody else. Who was it? Can't remember who it was now, though. 
but the Rod Stewart uh, impersonator was really good. Looked like him, sounded like him. Um, the Elton John impersonator, uh, we we there was hardly anybody there, and of course it's just a bunch of old people because it was in the it was like a. I think on a Monday night and it's one of those shows that runs every day of the week. So, and it's in the off season. Um, but the Elton John impersonator looked just like him. And, um, when we got tickets, I ordered them online and I said, just give me, um, you know, the best ticket you got on the, on an aisle seat. And, uh, there wasn't hardly anybody there. So we, which was funny. We sat in the second row the whole first row was completely empty except for a couple, and they sat in the very middle of the first row. Um, and my mom even said, um, oh, God, you know, we, we're sitting so close, they'll probably do something to us. And, like, I was thinking, okay, like, I want you to get up on stage and dance or do some shit like that. Well, the Elton John guy came down, and um, he uh, – was just looking, you know, at the crowd and talking to people. And he said, oh, you're, you're going to be in trouble. And I was like, well, what do you mean? He goes, because you're sitting right there. <laughs> so anyway, I got to sing with Elton John, impersonator, Saturday nights, all right for a fight. Um, just the chorus, which was fun. Um, Blues Brothers were really fun. And then they had, like, big screens up on the side of things. So they played... Um, Oh, um, was it Rawhide? And while they were playing it, they showed like the scenes from the movie and stuff like that. And then, you know, with the other ones, they would show like scenes from the real people's concerts and, um, went to see, uh, three dog night. Uh, they were pretty good. The only thing about them is, is, you know, there were three guys and Chuck Negron was, well, I don't know if I'd say this lead singer, but he was the one that I remember his fucking name. Well, he's not on tour with them, and it was just the two other guys. Well, one of them died here recently. So it was just one of the originals and then two other um, guys that took their place. Well, the one guy, the the the, the original Three Dog Night member, uh, his voice was still strong. And you could tell that he, you know, had played the big time because they were a huge, you know, rock group back in the day. And the other guys, uh, their voices weren't as strong as his was. Uh, the one guy looked almost like a fucking Crypt Keeper or something. I mean, he had long, stringy hair, and he looked like he was about fucking 80 years old or 70 years old or something. Um, but they were still good. My mom, one of her favorite songs is Joy to the World. And when we got back, she was telling a friend of hers online that um, they didn't play Jeremiah Was a Bullfrog. And that was disappointing because that was her favorite song. And then she looked at me and she just looked over at me and I was sitting on the couch and she said, Is Joy to the World and Jeremiah Was a Bullfrog the same song? And I said, uh, yeah. And she goes, well, I... I I they didn't play Jeremiah was a bullfrog and I said yes they fucking did play this joy to the world I said that was the finale and she goes well where was I when when they played that and I said you were sitting right fucking beside me you know dancing and clapping your hands and stuff so anyway that was kind of funny um I'm trying to think what the other one was that we went oh they have like a uh, uh kind of a dance and musical kind of a show that uh, they have like Oh, like three male singers, three female singers, and all these dancers. 
and they do costume changes and shit. And they do anything from like the Lion King to like Merle Haggard to uh, rock stuff, Frank Sinatra. And they have really good musicians and the dancers are pretty hot. Now, in the um, in the impersonator, I may have said this last year when we went because we went to the same show. They just have different impersonators all the time. One of the dancers looks like fucking Marilyn Chambers from uh, Behind the Green Door. And when we saw it last year, I, I mean, most of the other dancers were like blondes. And this this chick had like brown hair. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, she looks like a young Marilyn Chambers from Behind the Green Door. Well, she was there this time. And, of course, you know, we were sitting in the second fucking row. So I got to see her pretty up close. She, she still looked like Marilyn Chambers. She's the, uh, I guess, was the... Um, choreographer and the the feature dancer and then at the other show i like this one girl who was um a feature dancer we saw her last year and i was like man she's cute you know she's she, and she of course the feature dancer they always put in the middle so you see them and she's really good looking well of course she wasn't there this time i guess she fucking hurt her back or something but she was the um she was kind of, i guess the um the feature dancer at that one plus she was um, the choreographer and all that, but they said she hurt her back or something. So they had this dude, and he was the feature dancer, and he was really good. He he reminded me of like um, one of the dancers in um, uh, West Side Story. I can't remember what the guy's name is, but this guy was really good, and you could really tell. I mean, he not just because he was in the middle, but your eyes just went to him because he had so much more charisma. Uh, just the way he moved around and little facial expressions and a little wink or this and that. And he was just really light, you know, and just the way he glided where is it seemed like the other ones kind of were, they were good, but it was almost more like they were doing, going through the motions, uh, exactly as they were supposed to be. Whereas he added a little panache, I guess, um, saw some hot chicks, saw a few hot chicks on the beach. Um, not, not a ton of them because number one, it was, it only, the highest it got up, I think it did get up to 80 degrees one day, but it was mostly in the mid seventies to high seventies. Um, we had a real weird, um, fog storm or fog that rolled in at like noon one day and we were down on the beach sitting in the sun and, and as soon as it rolled in, you couldn't see. You could see from your chair to the edge of the sand where the water, the edge of the water, and that was it. This huge fog bank rolled in the whole coast down through there. Uh, and that kind of reminded me, I was wondering if Adrian Barbeau was on uh, on the radio talking about it or if any pirates were going to come out and try and snip, a, snip my dick off or something with a hook. Hoof. Um, uh, Robert De Niro, whatever. Uh, anyway, um, let's see what else did happen uh, nothing too exciting. I'm trying to think of, there was some funny shit that I, the room was okay. The food was good. Uh, we saw some salsa dancers at this Mexican restaurant. They had free salsa lessons and this girl was out there and holy shit. She looked like, uh, Sophia Vargara. I mean, just built like a brick shit house. Not, I mean, tits and ass. And when they're doing that day, I mean, goddamn, her hips were like, I, I was just mesmerized. Um, and that, so that was fun. The music was really fucking loud. They had a DJ there with his little uh, Apple 
you know, a laptop doing DJing. And it's like, God damn, could, could they turn this down just a little bit? So he ate too much, and I walked, I mean, Jesus Christ, probably walked 10 miles a fucking day. Um, while we were down there, I'm trying to think if I saw any freaking movies on TV or anything while we were in the room. I thought I wrote some of them down, but shit, I probably didn't. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, so let's get into everything else is good. Um, the weather is changing here, but like right now I could go out and mow my lawn, but it's just so wet in the morning and then it doesn't start getting dry if it does, cause it's been raining like crazy, uh, around like one o'clock. So I'll probably will just do it whenever I can. I'm not going to do it today. I was thinking about it and then I thought, you know, maybe I'll get in here and fucking record some more. Um, haven't got the motorcycles out. I don't even know. I, I was actually literally, my friend and I were talking about it the other day, and he's the same age as me, and he said, you know, he goes, I only rode a few times last year because it rained so much, and that's the same way with me. And uh, I started thinking, he said, he goes, I was actually thinking about selling it, and I literally was thinking about selling mine too just because I, was, I told him, I said, you know, we've I've rode for how many years now don't have to walk with a cane, still have my legs, don't have a broken back, not paralyzed. And, um, I don't know, maybe it's just cause I didn't get to ride very much last year. It just seems kind of like, eh. but if I get on it and get going and go somewhere, you know, I, I really enjoy it. So, you know, it's hard to tell. Um, let's see what else we got here. Well, Hunter killer from 2018 is a Donovan Marsh directed movie. Uh, and it stars, uh, Gerard Butler, Gary Oldman. Who else is in this song, bitch? I almost went to see this at the theater. It was one of those deals where I was talking to a friend of mine and about movies and he goes, I, th- I might, I think I might want to go see that. Uh, oh, what's this thing beeping here? It'd probably tell me the goddamn computer's going to restart, which wouldn't surprise me because it's been so long. Probably needs to restart to do updates, but, uh, hopefully it didn't when I started it up. So hopefully it'll be okay. Um, Right in the middle of the show, that'd be great. Um, And he said, oh, I wouldn't mind going to see that submarine movie. So for some reason, that got me thinking about all these submarine movies that I really have enjoyed over the years. And, goddamn microphone, I'm still trying to figure out this fucking thing. I'm going to take this filter out. It's so big around that it gets in the way. And maybe if I pause, I'll put this spongy thing over it. Because that was the main problem when I I said... um, that I got the new mic and that um, it's like in my face and I can't fucking see what's on the computer. I think it's that big filter thing. So we never had a filter for forever anyway on this piece of shit show. So I moved it. There's no filter. And now I can see a little bit better. Although I do have a smudge mark on my glasses. Thank you, glasses. Uh, And the goddamn, I went to uh, get a new pair of glasses made before I left. And, of course, when I came back, they were ready. I go in to pick them up, and as soon as I put them on, I was like, this, this isn't fucking right. I mean, shit, I, I could put on my old glasses and I could see better, so they fucked them up, so I had to go back with another appointment. Uh, and so now I'm waiting for my new ones again. Um, and I got a prescription recalled, which was a thrill, because uh, my next appointment wasn't until, like, September or something, and I had to go back, and then they, just because they had to write me a new prescription, And they charge you for a fucking appointment. I'm like, why can't I just come in? You know what I'm taking? I was just here like a month or two ago. And just write me a new prescription. Uh, There's no reason. Or you could have just called it in. There was no reason for me to go in and have to have an appointment and pay for it. Then 
he writes that and I pay the copay and shit. And then he tells me I need to come back in a month to see how that new one's going. So they're getting two more appointments out of me for that bullshit. And I think the last time he got an extra appointment out of me because, um, he said, Oh, your triglycerides. Oh man, they went up. They're really high or whatever. So I need to switch this medication. And then, uh, in a month, uh, go do blood work and come back. And it was completely fine. And he, and he swore that it wasn't the triglycerides, that it was my blood pressure. And I'm like, no, it wasn't, motherfucker. So I don't know if I should have any confidence in anybody anymore, except my, the fans of Sylvan Gold, of course. Um, so anyway, um, Hunter Killer, I think it's supposed to be based on a true story, but who the fuck knows? It's like Hunt for Red October is based on a true story, but, you know, yeah, they there were submarines and some shit like that, and we rescued them, but there was no Sean Connery here. <laughs> you know, all the intrigue and stuff, but maybe there was. Um, speaking of that, I had been watching um, on YouTube a bunch of videos that this guy did about, um, you know, goofy or phony martial artists from the, like 70s, 80s, and everything. Before, before MMA really exposed what works, what doesn't work, you know, when we used to read, like, Black Belt Magazine and um, and uh, Kung Fu Magazine and things like that, it's almost, and that's what's funny is I was just watching one about Frank Dukes. He did, like, about five of them, and that's the guy that Jean-Claude Van Damme played in Bloodsport. Of course, he subsequently sued Jean-Claude Van Damme. He said he threatened to throw Jean-Claude Van Damme off a, of, roof above building when they were making it. Um, they had some lawsuit over, um, oh, what was that movie called? The Quest, I think. Uh, now, without the filter, you're going to hear the quests. <laughs> I'm paranoid. Um, which is, you know, normal, but paranoid about my... Um, but it's funny when you look back at that, and I think that uh, Danny, what the fuck his name is, Eastbound and Down guy, he kind of did a takeoff on that in, in his one movie um, where the guy had a karate school and uh, was kind of a, a douche. Um, but he was talking about Frank Dukes and how, and I have this book, it's called Secret Man, that they put out, and Frank Dukes claimed that he was a CIA operative and, uh, Norman Schwartz, General Norman Schwarzkopf, and uh, the CIA director Bill Casey uh, recruited him in a public toilet and all this shit. And well, I think it got pulled off the shelves because they said it was all bullshit. Those guys came out and said, "Hey, I don't even know this fucking guy," and all this shit's ridiculous. So anyway, it ended up like Frank Dukes, um, from what I could ascertain from you know all this shit, like the blood sport stuff and the Kumite and everything, that it was all bullshit. And that he's kind of like a, um, it's almost like a pro wrestler where he, or or a carnival sideshow guy, uh, a con man or whatever. And that's what they were talking about, like Black Belt Magazine and Kung Fu Magazine, how they, back in the day, they wouldn't question anything. And they'd have articles on there about ninjas and and um, guys that taught um, all these different martial arts. And there's one guy, George Dillman, he... Um, um, became famous because he uh, like attached himself to Muhammad Ali and they had these articles that he was teaching Muhammad Ali about uh, karate and all this stuff. Well, this guy, he said that he's one of those ones that says that he could like knock you out without even touching you by making a chi ball, like concentrating and all this stuff about pressure points. Like he could just tap your fucking neck. Uh, like a, they said like a 105 pound girl could just tap a, a 320 pound 
football player on the side of the neck, and if he taps, she taps him in the right place, they'll just collapse. The death touch and Count Dante and all this stuff. It's really interesting. It's fun. It's interesting and funny, but also you know just the con and how before the now that the internet's out, how it exposes all this stuff as being just kind of like uh, the one the one thing that I just watched right before I came and started recording was he compared it to. Um, uh, like martial arts cosplay where those magazines and I remember getting them back in the day. You're like, we wanted to read about Bruce Lee, how they became really popular um, when uh, uh, all the Kung Fu movies and the Bruce Lee movies became really popular in the seventies and everything. And then of course, Ch- uh, Chuck Nor- Carlos Ray Norris, Chuck Norris in the, uh, in the uh, like uh, late se- or the mid seventies, early eighties and everything. Um, but they used to those those uh, books. They would have all these stories and editorials and stuff from Frank Dukes, George Dillman, uh, Count Dante was already dead. But a lot of those guys. That's one thing that the guy that was doing the videos were talking about. A lot of those guys that became these famous martial artists uh, that said that they fought in three hundred and sixty five. Uh, you know, no holds barred fights and never lost one. And these, these, uh, tournaments where you had to kill your opponent and, and all this crap and that they trained in, uh, ninja, uh, uh, the, the, all this stuff from the ancient warriors of ninjutsu and being an assassin and all, that a lot of the guys got, um, they were members of, uh, the Count Dante, um, society black uh black dragon society or whatever and i remember that because those those uh advertisements used to be in the back of comic books and in the back of old wrestling magazines and stuff way back in the day and and they i think somebody actually did a documentary on count dante or they were going to and they put a trailer out for it but they talked about him and he was like a hairdresser and stuff but that that all that stuff i mean a lot of them had taken martial arts or were martial arts instructors um but it's almost like i said like pro wrestling or whatever where all that stuff the, the mystical stuff and uh the the uh black ops uh cia work that they can't talk about and all this crap it was just hype i mean like you're hyping a movie or you're hyping a wrestling match that's how they made money because they sure as shit. Well, of course, you know when they became famous, then people wanted to go to their schools and 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 you know learn all this crap. But also to sell like their ninja shoes, the ones that have the look like socks that have the one thing that goes down the toe, uh, or the Bruce Lee, the Game of Death uh, bodysuit, the yellow one with the black stripes, or the black one that he wore in. Uh, um, Oh, God damn. I'm going to say you're Enter the Dragon. I'm going to say you're the Dragon. That was Mickey Rourke. They didn't sell the Mickey Rourke wigs where his hair changed colors throughout the entire movie. Um, but So that stuff's really interesting. I would love to see, like, um, Danny McBride, like I said, that's the name I was think, trying to think of a little while ago. But I would love to see somebody do a, a movie about, like, uh, even just like Black Belt Magazine, where you did a movie about like the editors and the writers and stuff, and these guys coming in and telling them all this shit, and them writing it down, and and how it's all it was all a bunch of bullshit or whatever. But uh, that's the one thing allegedly, because I don't want Frank Duke suing me. Uh, I think he's he was fairly litigious on some of these people. He would say one thing and then come back. You know, he, he could probably run for president of the United States because he would say one thing and they would have him on tape or on video saying something. And then, you know, when uh, they, somebody confronted him about it after they proved that what he was saying was false, he would say, I never said that. 
And and there was literally literally one of his excuses was that when he was doing CIA ops, these black ops um, in Afghanistan or in South America or wherever, that he had uh, lookalikes, these doppelgangers that would do interviews for him. And so then that excused why the stories weren't weren't uh, they didn't get their story straight. He had a trophy from the um, Kumite that you know he said he won. Now the Kumite I think only took place every five years or ten years or something like that. And the funny thing was he he said he took the uh, the book Secret Man off the shelf because um, about like classified material and stuff. And they were like, well, well, it's the same with the Kumite thing. They were supposed to sign a thing that said they they were never supposed to talk about it or their, their, you know, they, the ninjas would come and kill like their family and kill them and all this. But he put out a, a fucking book uh, that went, you know, all over the fucking world where he talked about all this shit. And then he came back and said, Oh, I had to take it off the market, you know, but I got a copy of it. I bought it on, uh, I don't know. I, I was going to say, I thought I bought it on eBay, but I didn't, I think I bought it at a, um, like one of these, maybe a flea market or something. It was a, it was a library book. You know, a lot of times libraries after a certain point in time, when they get new books in ones, I don't know how they do it. If they, if they pull the ones that hadn't been, um, checked out very much, if they pull them out, cause I have several of them where I bought them on eBay and stuff where they were library books. And then they'll have it stamped on the inside that it was, you know, um, but I mean, most of his stuff is, is proven to be kind of bullshit. But it's just funny. And and that's the same thing with uh, – but when you look at it, again, the reason I said, you know, I, I wouldn't sit there and say, oh, I'm not going to watch Bloodsport or I'm not going to watch this or that or any of the old uh, Shaw Brothers kung fu movies because it's been proven that all that shit's bullshit. It's now that MMA, you know, uh, mixed martial arts has come out and these guys actually get in there and fight what works, what doesn't, what's bullshit. Um, but – it's. I look at it as entertainment. It's like wrestling. You know, when I, you found out wrestling was fake, yeah. Well, you know, it's fake, but it's fun to watch, and you know, it, just for the the carnival like stuff and the and the uh, craziness and the characters and all this crazy. You know, crazy. Um, like a oh, you have a wolf man or a, you know a, the blonde sweet or the bald Swedish angel or Nazis or evil Japanese or Indians or cowboys. You had all this shit. You know. Uh, now, I mean, you know, you fucking like the undertaker rise from the dead and, and, you know, all this crap, but that's the same way with this stuff. I look back at a lot of those, um, old Kung Fu magazines and these guys like that, Ashida Kim, <laughs> who was, who was like, his real name was like Bill Smith or something. I mean, he wasn't even, he, he is, he, he took a name of like his part Korean and part, um, Japanese. But if you look at him, he looks like a guy that that worked at the video store, you know, some nerd that worked at the video store in uh, where I used to live or whatever. So anyway, it's kind of funny looking at that stuff. And it's, and it's definitely a, a, um, a thing that's probably going to be like a thing of the past. Back when I was young, you know, like I said, you, you might've had three channels on TV and most people, a lot of people didn't even have cable. You just had the antennas and stuff. So um, you got out more and you went to like, public dances uh, i mean i was talking to somebody the other day about people going square dancing and stuff and i mean we we learned square dancing in fucking high school in gym class um but you know people going out and everything i was thinking the other day about this um um i was telling one of my friends is telling my cousin who i saw down at the beach um that um i couldn't tell you one place around here now where people go to dance 
You know, and when I was in college and high school and stuff like that, you know, you went out to a club and especially on a on a on a big night where it's like drink and drown or something. You go to a club where they would have music and I mean they have a dance floor and people get out there and just dance all night and stuff. And I don't know. And then, you know, I don't know if it's just went away or what. I couldn't even tell you, you know, fucking what bars people go to or anything around here um but like i said i think like the dancing thing but one the one thing i was going to say comparing to the old kung fu magazines and all that stuff like that was going to the carnival i mean it was a big thing and that connects to the wrestling thing because that's where wrestling spawned from was the carnival um athletic shows where they would take on all comers you know come up here and it was a con they would have a plant in the crowd or whatever uh or you know, they would have a guy, the guy would be like a, a shooter or a hooker. A uh, shooter would be like a, a great amateur wrestler, say he's like a national champion college wrestler or something like that, uh, who knew what he was doing. And a, and a hooker would be somebody who knew like, it's be like MMA today. They knew all, like all these submission holds. So if somebody got in there with them, they would fucking break their damn arm or whatever. And then they had the guys that, that what they called smokers. And that was kind of a, more like a they would have like a boxing kind of a thing but the boxing rules were a lot more lax but if you could get in the ring and and stay in the ring for like so many minutes with the champ of the carnival or the circus uh then they would give you a certain amount of money and um they would like the guy would just fucking knock the shit out of you know the the farmers or whatever and if they had anybody in the crowd that was you know, that come in there that was really tough or whatever. I saw on a show one time where they had like a sheet or like a the canvas of the of the tent and the ring only had like three sides. It didn't have four sides of ropes. It only had three. And then the one side was up against the edge of the tent. And if they got somebody in there that was giving them a lot of trouble, they would back the guy up against the side of the tent and somebody on the other side of the tent would hit him in the fucking back of the head with a fucking two by four or something. So it was kind of like one of those deals. Uh, you, the carnival still come around, but it's not, you know, nowhere near as, um, as big as what it used to be state fairs and things like that. Uh, that stuff still intrigues me. Um, I know the one movie about, um, Leonardo DiCaprio was going to do a movie about the um, oh what's his name the guy in Chicago when they had the World's Fair and he was killing all those people and had the freaky house that had doors that opened to nowhere uh, H.H. Holmes uh, that's another one's coming out speaking of, you know getting it back to movies and everything I don't know I, I had heard that DiCaprio was going to do that for a long time but now I'm wondering is that one of those ones that is ever going to get made it was good casting I think so anyway, the goddamn Hunter Killer was okay. It wasn't anything great. Gerard Butler does his Scottish lip speaking. I'm not going to get into the Sean Connery thing. Gary Oldman is the fucking, uh, like, the bureaucrat or the uh, the officer who's out of touch that's an asshole and saying, you know, there's no way you can do this. We have to launch missiles because they're going to. And, you know, Gerard Butler's like, you know, wait a minute, you know, uh, we can't be doing this. <laughs> you know, we don't know what's... It, um, I'm trying to think what the movie was where they didn't know if we're, they were on the sub and they were under the ocean and they didn't know if World War Three was going off. I don't know if it was Hunt for Red October or which one that was. But anyway, I'm not going to get off sidetracked. I already got sidetracked on the stupid 
Frank Duke shit. But anyway, Hunter Killer, it's worth watching once. I wouldn't buy it, and I would not. I don't think I'll rewatch it. I've forgotten most of it already. Common is in it. And he was in something else I just watched the other day, but I can't remember. I'll come to it later on. Maybe it was John Wick uh, 2, which everybody was like, oh, fucking uh, shocked that I said John Wick 2 was meh. But honest to God, I loved John Wick, the first one. I went to see it like twice in the theater, and I thought, oh, I can't wait for another one to come out. And then when the new one came out, I went to see it within the first couple of days, and I didn't think it was very good. I thought it was um, at least the first one had that story about the dog and the revenge and his wife and all that. And the second one seemed – it was almost like the old wrestling – where they built a story and you and you had a crescendo. The match was like went to a crescendo. You build, 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 take it down, settle them down, build, 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 take it down, settle it down, and then at the end you have this big, you know, the the big finale. And the same with the card. You started out with us uh, slowly on the card, building it, uh, where the guys don't hardly do anything. The people might even get a little bit bored and everything. But then by the end, it builds to this massive ending. Uh, and that's how I, but now, and then, and then in the new wrestling, it's just like, you know, they do all this parkour stuff and all this gymnastic stuff and everybody just wants to get their moves in. So it's not as effective. And that's how I felt like John wick two was where I, I appreciate Keanu Reeves going and training on how to use guns and martial arts and all this stuff and everything. But I think that the movie focused more on just the flash and didn't have as much soul to it. I, I think I guess that's what I'm thinks, wanting to say. Um, so anyway, John Wick 2. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, but I did. I, that's one. I think I've watched it twice. The second time I was like, okay, I want to I want to go. I want to watch it again. And I had the exact same feeling. Uh, and the stuff was like, you know, Give this man a gun. It was just, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. I hope the new one is going to be better. better. So anyway, I watched The Dirt uh, from 2019, which is the um, biopic of Motley Crue by Jeff Tremaine. And it stars Douglas Booth, Iron Rion, and Daniel Weber. Um, this was on Netflix. It's a made-for-Netflix movie. Um I liked uh, like Kickstart My Heart's one of my favorite Motley Crue songs. They play it all the time at hockey games and stuff. And um, some of their like really badass songs like that uh, I like. Um, I thought the movie was good. Uh, and then the one thing was I almost got bored with all the debauchery because the first like half of the movie was just them being crazy and fucking wild and you know they did the casting was really good i mean you know the guys who played uh nikki six and uh tommy lee were really good the guy who played ozzy osbourne was really good looked like him and everything but all that stuff i mean i'd heard most of that stuff anyway and it was just kind of like okay after a while okay but then it got you know then it reached when it reached the um the point where shit started going wrong and time started getting tough in different ways for all of them. Then that kind of saved it for me because it, at first, I, like I said, uh, uh, say after 20 minutes or something of all the like debauchery and the fucking and the drugs and the crazy, crazy shit that they got away with, I started. I really started getting bored with it. I was kind of like, okay, you know, we've seen, yeah, you're nuts, you're crazy, you did all this shit. Well, okay, now what else? 
And then you started getting into the drugs and the overdoses and how all, like a lot of the stuff, even with personal stuff, started affecting him. It was worth a watch. I Again, this is another one. I, I'm not going to go ever go back and watch it again. I thought the casting was good. I like, you know, the music and everything and some of the behind the scenes. I didn't read the book. I know some people, I heard some people say that it really, you know, went along with the book. But then I heard some people actually that probably know more about metal and following them and everything that said they took some liberties little bit but it was it was okay um first time i ever saw squirting in a major uh hollywood film i watched a documentary called k2 come on mouse bring it back down so i can see what the fuck i watched i watched uh k2 siren of the himalayas uh 2012 documentary by dave olson and um this was on, I think, iTunes. It was like a 99-cent rental, but I like um, mountain climbing documentaries and mountain climbing movies, uh, so I gave it a shot. This one was okay. It wasn't anything great. Um, you know, you have the usual. Uh, like if you watch the movie Everest, um, it's kind of like um, like submarine movies or whatever where, you know, they have to run silent and, so the the enemy won't be able to drop their depth charges and they shoot the all the clothes and everything out of the torpedo tube to make them think they sink. Or they start sinking to the bottom and they have to try and level out so they don't get crushed by the pressure. The the cliche stuff and this was you know, this is real stuff, but it still had like all the cliche stuff. They're they're young guys and they have to climatize before they go up. Some people get sick, they start going up, they get hit with bad weather, they go back and show uh, times where people got killed, where a weather front came in and every a whole bunch of people got fucking frozen to death or got killed in a fall and dead bodies and all this and that. Um, it was okay. I, 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 I don't even know if I would say I would recommend it. There's, be, there's bitter ones out there. Bitter. Uh, going on, moving on. Me. I watched Exposed from 2016. This was also on Netflix starring Keanu Reeves. Uh, Anna D. Armas, who is gorgeous, very, very pretty. Um, and she was in Blade Runner 2024. Uh, this was directed by Gene Malik Linton as Declan Dale, I guess. Uh, okay. I had never heard of this, and I thought, okay, this is going to be a police drama with uh, Keanu. And so I gave it a shot. It's on Netflix, if, you know, that you can download it to your iPad and watch it. And um, it got really weird really fast. And I was like, okay, what the fuck is this? What's this about? You know, you had some um, what seemed like, um, am I cleaning, am I cleaning that thumbprint or whatever, the cum print or whatever the hell it is off my glasses or trying to. Um, it had some metaphysical stuff in it. And if at first... It seemed almost like um, I was going. To, I thought I was going to see like a uh, uh, sort of like irreversible, but then all this metaphysical stuff started happening, and I'm like, okay, what the fuck is this? What am I watching here? And I didn't. I couldn't tell where it was going or what was going to happen and everything. Um, I went and researched and read some stuff about it, and I think it was based on a novel. Um, and the the studio actually thought the same thing I thought after John Wick and all these Keanu Reeves movies and stuff that they were going to get a gritty 
police detective story starring Keanu Reeves. And it wasn't that. Even the book, that's not what it was. Um, And so they tried to snip it up, put things in different order, and change it to focus more on, on that kind of a story where the story really wasn't that, and it kind of fucked it up. And I can see where it fucked it up. And now that I know what it was about and where it was going and what it was supposed to be and watch it, I appreciate it more. Um, it gets really shitty shitty uh, rating or reviews and shitty rating because they. The, I think that the studio fucked it up. But if you read what the story was about and then watch it, it makes it better. <laughs> now, who else was is there? Anybody else in that that was worth a, worth mentioning? Uh, Mira Sorvino, I liked her in the uh, Summer of Sam. And who else? Uh, probably nobody else worth looking at. I don't give a shit. Let's move on. Ma 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 ma. Going to the chapel. Somebody watched Cassandra Crossing because I know I didn't. I watched it uh, a while back and reviewed it on the show. Uh, from 1976, but I just wanted to mention it because I really liked the movie, and I I do remember saying on the show that uh, the trailer used to creep me out uh, when they used to show it on TV when I was a kid. 1976, BB, the bicentennial of the United States of America. Moving on, so I won't talk about that one. Uh, watch Mother again from 2017, and I will state, and I think I stated online, that this is probably one of the best biblical movies that has ever been made. I know that I was confused when I first saw it and I didn't really, it took me, it was almost like um stalker where I had to go read about it. And just like what I was just saying about the Keanu Reeves. Now, of course the Keanu Reeves movie um, exposed, it wasn't as um, I wouldn't put it on this level, but I think this is a fucking masterpiece uh, uh, and it really makes you think and uh, I think that um, a lot of uh, people that follow religion, whatever religion, especially Christianity, uh, should watch this movie and think about what they are told and what uh, how things are supposed to be. And if it was reality and uh, not wrapped up in a little box with a ri- pretty pink ribbon on top of it, uh, I thought this was really good. Um, it really is fucked up. <laughs> But I really enjoyed it. This is my second uh, viewing. I bought it, and uh, so I decided to give it another look. Uh, But it's very thought-provoking as far as the Christian religion goes. Dig it. Dug it. Uh, Not not an easy watch. What did I watch next? I'm going to be as surprised as you guys are as this slow-ass computer brings up The Legend of Tarzan from 2016. Uh, directed by David Yates and starring Alexander Skarsgård and uh, what's her name? The pretty girl that you guys think looks like a man. Margot Robbie and Samuel L. Jackson and uh, the um, Christoph Waltz. Uh, I thought this was pretty good. Uh, kind of takes you back, makes you want to watch like Greystoke and some other Tarzan movies, some old Tarzan movies. Um, but they, I think they stayed pretty true to the character and everything. Um, I like Alexander Skarsgård. First of all, I would like to be fucking, I would like to look like that son of a bitch. Cause, uh, he's built like a, you know, goddamn brick shit house. And, uh, 
he really pulls it off. But one thing, I like him as an actor because I've seen him in some different things now, but he really has a kind of, like in the, um, oh, um, oh, what was the one about the, with Diane, Little Drummer Girl, uh, the miniseries Little Drummer Girl. He really has kind of a enigmatic stone face. And so when you, it's, it's, I would, I don't know if I would say it's like Ryan Gosling. I, I, because Ryan Gosling doesn't facially or <laughs> verbally emote a lot. And then when he does, you get the, uh, the, the screaming thing, which, you know, some people hate. I love Ryan Gosling. But, um, I think that, um, Alexander Skarsgård, he definitely has the physical, appearance to play in these um action roles and tough guy roles and things like that and i think the chicks would like him hang on i gotta sit up jesus christ this chair is uncomfortable Uh, uh. (laughs) i'm still honest to god i should never go on vacation again because i am still recovering from everything that was vacation which like i said i've told you guys before i worked midnight shift so the entire time I was there, it wasn't like I was waking up and not being able to sleep. I slept all night and slept really good. But then it's hard to readjust when you come back. <sighs> Another bip. Um, this is the first time I went to the beach and that I didn't fucking get the shits or something or some crazy, crazy thing. And, of course, um, by Loaf's, um, his teaching me that anytime you go on a trip, you should always take Pepto-Bismol. I bought a great big bottle of Pepto-Bismol. I bought two boxes of Pepto-Bismol tablets plus Imodium AD, and I never used any of it, but somebody else did. (laughs) I won't say anything about that. Um, I thought this was pretty, really good. Uh, Nice action adventure. It's a little long, but it's an kind of an epic kind of a deal. Uh, there's one part in this that just gives you almost like douche chill. See, when you say douche chills, it almost sounds like you're um, it's douchey that, or you're a douchebag, or it's douchey that that when something happens in a movie, you're like, God, yeah. Uh, there was something that happened. It's like in, in the Godzilla movie where the newer. And I'm trying to think. I don't know if I'd say the newest one. Um, yeah, because they're they're making a sequel about it as we speak with the girl from uh, Stranger Things, uh, so it was the new the newest like American made one. Um, there was a, a part in that where you know the entire time Godzilla's fighting and doing all this shit, but you didn't see the atomic breath. And then when it happened, I was in the theater with Jake and uh, El Goro, and I, and when it happened, I literally fucking I think I stood up and I was like, yeah, you know. Well, so there's something that happens in this one that you're waiting for, and when it happens, it's kind of like fuck yeah, you know. Uh, and it wasn't Margot Robbie getting naked and getting fucked by Tarzan, although that would have been good. Yeah, why not? Um. I don't know about this new Suicide Squad movie because number one, okay, I don't really give a shit about people not being in it as long as like uh, it's good. But like, and and I, you know, wasn't really that thrilled about Will Smith and uh, who was the other one that that uh, was in it that is not going to be in it. As long as they have Amanda Waller and uh, Harley Quinn and they can replace the other actors, you know, I didn't think any of the other ones were like all that fucking great. Uh, I think, uh, what's his name that played, um, 
Rick Flagg, he's not going to... I think he said he and Will Smith are not going to be in it. And that's fine. No big deal. They could get uh, Skarsgård to fucking play Rick Flagg. I mean, those those two guys... I can't even remember what that guy's name is. He was in the Killing, uh, American version of the Killing TV series. I shouldn't even look it up. Um, I like him, but... Um, oh, what's his name? God damn it. Fuck a duck, computer. You are a piece of shit. Rick Flag, actor. What's that say? Scan complete. No threats detected. I like it. You motherfucker. Uh, Joel Kinnerman. Kinnerman. He sort of reminds me of um, what's his face? That guy, um, Skarsgård. Uh, I think Skarsgård probably is a little bit more macho, and Kinnerman can kind of. Well, I mean, maybe he's more diverse because I've seen him kind of play a sleazy, junky kind of dude or whatever. Uh, what was that other thing he was in that I just watched? Um, oh, God damn it. Now, what's funny is some of these Wikipedia things ain't worth a shit. Hey, they ain't. Um, this one has almost nothing on it other than he was in The Killing, uh, RoboCop, and played Rick Flagg. Uh, and, but Jesus Christ, what was that series that was on Netflix that I liked? Well, you son of a bitch. Maybe I should go to IMDb. Um, the sci-fi one I thought was really good. That's another one I'd like to go back and rewatch. I don't know. But see, I, I'm... T- I t- oh, yeah, why did I click on that? Um, one thing, people, that I'm... Um, I think I'm going to get out of watching these series because I know for the longest time... Um, when the show first started and everything and everybody's watching Game of Thrones and watching all these series and stuff, I would even say, you know, I don't watch these series because, you know, I watch movies and stuff. And then I started watching these series on Netflix and stuff. And I'll be honest with you, I just don't want to fucking put the time in, no matter how good they are. Now, if it's something like um, these HBO ones, like The Nick with Clive Owen and, and some ones like that that are only like seven or eight episodes, that's fine. But these ones that are like ongoing, I mean, I started watching Game of Thrones and I know like everybody loves that and and it's really good. But I was, in, I, you know, I, f- I think I finally finished the first season and I'm like, man, I don't know if I want to fucking keep watching it just because I would rather watch movies. I would rather watch something that has a, you know, a conclusion that I don't have to watch the son of a bitch for, uh, you know, forever. Uh, to get to the end or if it gets canceled or whatever, at least with the movie, I'm watching the motherfucker. And when the son of a bitch is done after a certain amount of episode, uh, after like a, uh, an hour and a half, two hours, I'm done with it. Uh, and I don't have to keep altered carbon. See, I was filibustering while I was looking at altered carbon. I really like that. Very uh, Blade Runner-ish kind of a thing. Philip K. Dick. Uh, watch Get Out from 2017. Written and directed by Jordan Peele, starring Daniel Kaluuya, Allison Williams, Bradley Whitford. Uh, I thought this was really pretty pretty good. It was strange, and um, one thing I liked about it is I thought it really captured almost like a nightmarish feel um, when things would happen. And this guy, I don't want to spoil anything. You guys probably already seen it. Uh, when he would be in a certain state. I thought it really felt like a nightmarish dream-like thing. It got that real feel because I have a lot of nightmares and a lot of dreams. I haven't had a lot of bad ones. I did, uh, what was I, I was telling somebody the other day that I hadn't been having any of these dreams where, 
you know, I would jump up and be fighting or, and I mean, literally physically jump up and be fighting or stuff crawling on me or something like that. Uh, and, uh, the other day I was laying in bed and I, I don't know, I can't, I don't even remember dreaming or anything, but I woke up kicking and, uh, I was trying to get out of bed and I was kicking my legs and my, and my arms like thrashing around with my arms, which is pretty funny. Um, but I did like this. I thought it was an interesting concept. I would recommend it. Yeah, like, like I said, some of these ones, shit, it feels like it's been like a month I'm trying to fucking remember. But I thought that was good. And I thought the chicken, it was hot. She would have fucking got me, uh, uh, you know, it's like she was like a, a honey pot, honey trap or whatever. And yeah, she would have got me too. Uh, do the right thing. Did I talk about these? How the hell could they still be? I don't know if I did. Do the right thing. Uh, 1989. Uh, let me see where I am on the on the list because I know I went up, but they shouldn't still be up here. Uh, I know I did this whole side. Johnny, what are you doing, Johnny? Sasha Gray. <laughs> Okay, here I am. Mother, Legends of Tarzan. Okay, I'm going up this list. I, th I think I did the one whole side here, which is where I talked about um, Hick, um, King of New York, uh, Man Who Killed uh, Hitler and Bigfoot, and that shit. I think I already did that, and I was going up the other side here. Um, so, anyway, Sasha Gray. <laughs> Give Rolf some uh, some uh, of his porn talk here later. We'll get we'll get to that later, Rolf. Uh, Do the right things. Really good movie. I really liked it. Um, this is after uh, people were talking about um, how good um, the um, Black Klansman was, and I said I didn't think it was that good at all. I didn't think it was one of the one of, one of the better um, Spike Lee movies. And I, I think I think it's really down the list for me on Spike Lee movies. Um, and Do the Right Thing is one of the ones, along with uh, Bamboozled and uh, a couple other ones that I thought were really, really good. Um, everything about it's good. I watched it again. Um, and this is an iconic film, film. Uh, Danny Aiello's in it, and he was in another movie that I watched uh, like two days ago. I'm going to be talking about later. You guys have already seen Do the Right Thing, but I think the reason that I watched some of these Spike Lee movies was because of Black Klansman and people bitching about uh, Green Book being fucking horrible and how Black Klansman should have got it and blah, 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 blah. I don't feel that way. I liked Green Book. Black Klansman, I thought, was a lesser effort of Spike Lee. I didn't think it was... I thought it was pretty lightweight. Didn't think it was funny. Didn't think it was that good. And um, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. Mo Betta Blues uh, was another Spike Lee movie that I watched. Uh, written and directed by Spike Lee, starring Denzel Washington. Uh, Wesley Snipes is also in this. Um, again, now this was one that I had not seen. And um, this, I would not put this up there with like Do the Right Thing or Bamboozled or anything. It's a good movie, but it's mm, just okay. Um, I appreciate the music and the time period and everything. Denzel's good. I, I like seeing him and Wesley together. Um, sorry to see Wesley after he went to jail and all that shit. They fucked him and then this... Other people are, can do uh, all kinds of tax stuff and uh, at the highest levels and not even go to jail. Uh, Spike Lee's also in this. Uh, who else? John Turturro. It's, you know, the, the usual uh, Spike Lee uh, troupe. 
Samuel Jackson, uh, Nicholas uh, Totoro, Charlie Murphy, send us two. But if you haven't seen Mo Better Blues, um, yeah, I wouldn't scramble out to get it. But like I said, it's worth a watch. I've been watching this series called Black Earth Rising on Netflix. Um, stars John Goodman, uh, Michaela Cole, and uh, Noma Doma Zweni. And I really like it. I like the um, the lady that plays the lead role. Uh, who is, where is she? I think that's Noma. She has really striking features. I think she's really pretty. Wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. Waiting for the page to load, you jackass hole. That's not her. That's somebody else. That's another person. Go back. Big, 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 big. Big up. Uh, this is what happens when you have a, a shitty computer. Uh, I need to get a. I'm probably get a new one here shortly. I've been looking, and but the only thing I use this for is to record this show, so it's not like a bi a big thing. Oh my God, go fuck yourself. Uh, Michaela Cole is the person I'm talking about. She has nice big pillowy lips, uh, which I like. And she oh, just in this in this um in this movie, I really love her character. I mean, she's pretty badass i'm um, not like karate frank duke's badass but uh, it's a very it's a deep character and um i like the story it tells uh, i haven't finished it yet it's one of these ones it's only like so many episodes it's a short uh mini series kind of a deal so i'm gonna finish it up that'll probably be one of the last ones i finish up and then i'm just gonna get back to watching fucking movies drive angry from 2011 uh, directed by Patrick Lussier, uh, written by Todd Farmer and Patrick Lussier, starring uh, Nicole, Nicole, Nicolas Cage, Amber Heard, Fickner. Uh, this is pretty, pretty uh, drive-in movie, uh, dirty. Got some titty in it, uh, got some fucking and shooting at the same time. Um, I remember... Will and them giving Amber Heard shit about her Daisy Dukes. They looked fucking pretty good to me in this. And I'm not the world's biggest Amber Heard fan. Um, I like her better than that one. The one chick that was in the um, uh, shark fucking movie. She's just like, no, maybe that's her. <laughs> that's the same person. <laughs> Amber Heard's okay. She was good in this. Uh, you know, kind of a redneck uh you know, punch somebody in the mouth kind of a person. Um, but anyway, I think I've already reviewed this one enough. Maybe I just don't feel like recording. I'm going through these. Let's get through them fast. Because uh, like I said, we're putting out that other other turd of a fucking show where I could barely talk and felt like shit. From Russia with Love, again, It's uh, they put out all these um, James Bond movies on Netflix. All of them, I think. And so I was watching some of those. This is one of my favorites. From Russia with Love from 1963, uh, Terrence Young. I feel like I've talked about this, like I'm going through shit I've already talked about. I hope we don't give you two of the same thing. That's why I'm going through it fast, I guess. 
uh, Tatiana, <laughs> oh Tatiana, Daniela Biacci. I'll I'll perv it up so even if I've talked about this before, it'd be fine. Ooh, Robert Shaw's Grant. I like when he was wearing when he was wearing his little towel, and Rosa Klebb came and punched him in the gut, and uh, he was getting rubbed down by that chick. She came out when she was giving a rub down. She came out and just took her dress off down to her pointy bra and started rubbing down the psychopath. Started rubbing down Quint and. Um, so anyway, and Rosa Klebb uh, fucking like uh, like getting all pervy on Tatiana. And Tatiana wore that choke on and James Bond fucked her. Yeah, sure. But you know, like Red Grant uh, fucking, uh, um, uh, he was, I don't even know if he cared about sex, you know? Probably didn't. <laughs> the fuck's that mean? <laughs> He was a psychopath. Oh, got him on the train. Old man. Is that what they teach you at at Smirsh? Smirsh. Huh, what are you talking about? Oh, Spectre. Oh, now I'm horny. I'm going to kill you. Uh, Night Moves, 1975. See, I'm telling you, I think I've talked about this. Uh, Night Moves from 1975 with Gene Hackman. It's an Arthur Penn movie. It's got Jennifer Warren. Blah, 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 blah. Um, what's her name? Uh, they did a nude scene with what's her face and she was only like, f- I'm thinking, okay, how the fuck are they doing this? She's supposed to be like 15 years old and they're doing like a nude scene and everything. Well, it was Melanie Griffith and what they did was they made the fucking movie and then they came back when she turned 18 and did the nude scene and shot it. So when the movie was first made, I see and the reason I'm talking fast now is I swear to God, I think I've talked about these fucking movies. Gene Hackman's really good. This had a really bushy mustache. I'll tell you who I liked in this was Jennifer Warren. Man, she's one of these girls, one of these chicks that um, she didn't wear any makeup or anything. But in this movie, she was fucking hot. And she and I like when Gene Hackman was like enough, like he didn't say word salad, but like uh, he would ask her a question or whatever. And she just like talking riddles and shit. And it pissed him off. She just smacked her right in the fucking mouth. Yeah, you smack him. Sometimes you got to smack him. James Woods is in this. He's a fucking douche. He's a creep uh, in real life. Um, but I, I what did I watch him in? Oh, uh, I'll talk about it in a minute. That's, a, that's, a, that's the one I was just saying that I saw um, somebody else in and I'll talk about it a little bit. J. Michael Vincent died. Saw him in all kinds of movies. I'm going through this real fast because I think I've talked about all this shit. Jan was a golden god. He was like a fucking David chiseled out of stone. Got all fucked up. Hang around with Robert Mitchum, John Wayne, and all those guys drinking all the time, playing card stuff. Came an alcoholic, liked to beat up women. I don't know if he, I don't think he liked to like to. I think he was uh, like the wrestler Chris Adams. They said he was a really nice guy, but then when he drank, it was almost like a, um, Kim Basinger in the Bruce Willis movie where she told him she said, "Listen, I'm not allowed to drink. I have a real." problem like when i drank and it's almost like she had an allergic reaction well bruce willis thought that she meant when she drank it'd be easier to, to fuck her and she would go nuts and that's how like some of these people are when they become like real mean drunks and stuff you know that i think they almost have uh well first of all they're alcoholics but i think they also almost have like an allergic reaction that unleashes this nasty ass side of them um last good thing that i saw jam michael vincent in where he actually looked still looked good was buffalo 66 with Vincent Gallo and Christina Ricci. And this was Christina Ricci when she was still thick, but she had the big boobs and the big ass. But she was kind of thick, but she was cute. She had that like kind of like baby face. But then Black um, Snake Moan, she lost all that weight. And she looked really sexy. Uh, but, you know, you, you can you, you can go either way with her, you know, there. You can probably fuck her. Uh, Vincent Gallo's gross. I don't know why I'm even talking about him. I'm trying to come up with some other things on here. 
but Jan Michael Vincent died. Uh, I don't even think they anybody they even said where they buried him or anything. I mean, he just became like a recluse, had to have his leg cut off. It was just bad. I mean, he he um, he just got to where I don't think he wanted any fame. He was a self-loathing fucking piece of shit. But I have a soft space in my heart because I like watching him even back in the Disney movies and before he became really famous, like when, when he was in the undefeated with uh, John Wayne and uh, Rock Hudson and then uh, Shadow of, um, oh, what was it? Oh, shit. The one where he was like part Indian and it had a lot of like witchcraft and stuff in it. Jan, I've already got, well, I mean, I'm, would you quit loading Vox Lux? That's obviously what's next, but... I need to get back to Jan. Shadow of the Hawk, I think, is what that was called. That was kind of a you know an old school movie, but you know he was in so much stuff uh, up until I think when he hit Airwolf, he had such success with Airwolf. But after that, I don't think his career was worth a shit. After that, he uh, did that was and then what people said you know before he was drank, but. Then Airwolf, uh, when he he made so much money, it be, it was the and it was the eighties, it was cocaine days, and then that really fucked him up. Strange how the night moves, just don't seem to have as much to lose. Gene Hackman and Gene Hackman's really tr- working hard on the comb over in Night Moves. But what's her name? It was hot. I liked her a lot. Max Gale was in that, and he was on Bernie Miller. Okay, night moves. Why am I going backwards? Go forward, bitch. Crack that neck, you motherfucker. Crack that back. I'm so uncomfortable. And that's another thing. Sitting in a fucking car for about 10 hours uh, when you're an old coot. It doesn't help. I can't sleep. I can't shit. I, I can shit. I did. I had good shit while I was down there. And carrying on the truth. Now it's... Well, I was going to say it's been pretty good, but I think things are starting to fuck up again. It's making me mad. Gotta keep the shit rolling. Ah, uh, dig it. Last movie J. And Michael Vincent was in was called White Boy from 2002. Will Smith, fuck off. What's bucket list? I'll do some kind of show. Vox Lux. Uh, this was uh, Natalie Portman, Jude Law. Um, written and directed by Brady Corbett. Again, I feel like I've talked about this. Uh, almost like a kind of like a Judy Garland kind of a story uh, where uh, Natalie Portman's character is a young star, becomes famous, becomes almost like a uh, Lady Gaga slash uh, Madonna type character. And then she has her kid uh, and dealing with having a kid and everything. Um, Natalie Portman is becoming rapidly becoming older and less attractive. <laughs> no, she still looks good, but it's like Mila Jovovich. Um, I, I don't know. There's just, and I'm not like some kind of fucking perv or anything. I didn't like Natalie Portman as like sexually when she was in the professional, but she was really cute in like Thor, even though she sucks and black Swan. She sucked in that. Uh, she's not a very good actress. Um, even uh, V for Vendetta. She kind of sucked. Um, but Vox Lux, she's okay. She, she played a good part. It's not that good. It's okay. It's worth a watch. It was kind of different uh, take on like pop. This would be a good companion piece with that fucking um, A Star is Born with Lady Goo Goo and Bradley Cooper. You got a big... You care if I look at your nose? I, I don't know. He's like, I've been looking at your nose all night. You care if I touch your nose? I've been looking at your nose. Uh, your name is Lady 
Gaga. My name's Jackson. Jackson, Maine. <coughs> God damn, Roxanne. Um, I'm talking about Jackson, Maine, and going out on stage in business pants when she was going up and getting their Grammy. And Lady Gaga with him. It's almost, he almost talked, okay. <clears throat> Bradley Cooper in that movie. The whole time I'm watching it, and Sam Elliott's in the movie, it was almost like he was doing an impression of Sam Elliott. <clears throat> but then when I was just doing that impression of him doing an impression of Sam Elliott, as he's, Jackson, man, you just go, and when you, when you become famous, People always want to call you by two names, Jackson Maine. What should I call you? That was Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> call me Jack. That impression, it's like Bob Wharton Jr., the wrestler. You guys don't care about that. Loaf does, but where the hell's he at? <laughs> Thunderball from 1965. Uh, he always runs while others walk. Because he has diarrhea and a big cock. Uh, Thunderball is a pretty good movie. It's not one of the better James uh, Connery, James Bonds. Uh, it's it's better than um, Diamonds Are Forever, even though you don't get to see Joe Ireland's tits. Um, I don't know. It's it's. I remember my, my cousin, uh, who was probably, God, probably like 10 years older than me, uh, he was really into James Bond and had like James Bond toys. And I remember this, him having this album and, you know, my mom loving Tom Jones and everything. But again, uh, this one has a lot, a lot, a lot of underwater stuff, which is okay. I didn't mind that. Um, Domino is pretty hot. Um, of course, most of the chicks in it are hot. Uh, Sean Connery's pretty cool. I like, it's got a lot of gadgets in it. I like the gadget stuff. Uh, but again, it's not, it's not up there with like from Russia with love and, uh, uh, Goldfinger, um, but it's okay. Doctor No is, of course, it's iconic because it's the first one. Uh, but that's one that I have not watched as much. Uh, Thunderball, I'd put it up there with the uh, Ninja one. Uh, you only live twice. And I would put Goldfinger and From Russia with Love above both of those. And I, be honest with you, I think I would put uh, Goldfinger and From Russia with Love above Dr. No. Also, I'll give you a little insight there. Total Recall with uh, Colin Farrell, uh, Bokeem, Woodbine, and Jessica Biel, and uh, what's her face? The uh, Kate, Kate Beckinsdale. <clears throat> Talked about this before. Brian Cranston's in it too. I like this movie. Um,. When you first watch it, yeah, you're going to compare it to the Schwarzenegger movie. Watch it as a standalone movie. Watch it as like almost like a Philip K. Dick movie, um, and just as a badass kind of actiony sci-fi movie. Uh, the original with Schwarzenegger had his sense of humor, his and it had that '80s feel, and it is iconic. This isn't that movie. It yeah, same characters and stuff, and some, but this one is different in a lot of different ways more serious and everything but i i really like it i and i uh, like i said a lot of people fucking shit on it because of the comparison with schwarzenegger 
But um, I watched it again. I've seen it several times. I watched it again, and I really even, I liked it again this time. Uh, the weakest point uh, was Jessica Biel. Um, Kate Beckinsdale was awesome uh, as a badass. Uh, she was the highlight of the movie for me. I like Colin Farrell in this kind of role, too. Jessica Biel, um, she was okay, but I'd like to see her naked. Taking of Pelham 123 from, oh, that's the one with uh, Travolta and Denzel. I didn't watch that one. I watched the one with uh, Robert Shaw, Martin Balsam, and uh, <laughs> Walter Matthau. Uh, so I brought up the wrong one, but just going from memory, I really like the one with uh, Walter Matthau and uh, Robert Shaw, Red Grant. You know, maybe if they, they, they could take. The taking of Pelham one two three and um, from Russia with love have Robert Shaw hot with his men hijacking the plane that James Bond is on the plane the train. Ooh. Um, I took some Metamucil makes you shit. And I took some last night and I usually would shit, but I had a night off from work, so all I did was sleep, so I didn't shit. So I have two things of Metamucil. And I'm getting ready. Bust ass. <laughs> but anyway, um, I like the other one. I, I especially, I, I definitely like the ending. I like that Robert Shaw's little team of assholes uh, had some assholes on it that were kind of unhinged. That was pretty cool. Good movie. That's a that's a classic. Uh, the one with Denzel and um, Travolta, I'll be honest with you, I think I watched some of it. Uh, maybe all of it, but it didn't impress me that much. Lost in Alaska from 1952 is an Abbott and Costello movie uh, that is on YouTube for free, starring Bud Abbott, Lou Costello, Mitzi Green, uh, directed by Jean, uh, uh, if it's a girl, it's Jean Yarbrough, but if it's a guy, it's Jean Yarbrough, so I'm not sure, um, written by Elwood Ullman and Martin Ragaway. This was pretty funny. I like watching these old school movies. Um, it's not as funny as like some of the uh, Marx Brothers movies, which I think are just tippy top. But uh, this one still pretty has some pretty funny elements in it. Uh, Costello is such a fucking, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to say a douche, more like a um, a bumbling, uh, like he could be like a host of Sylvan Gold. <laughs> And he'd like hit his fingers with a hammer or something and get clunked in the head. And bad things happen. Bruce Cabot's in this too. He was in a lot of John Wayne movies. Um, I think he was fairly a lot younger in this. Because like when he was in the Green Berets, he was supposed to be in fucking a colonel or something. Or general or colonel or something in the Green Berets. And he was probably 70 fucking years old like John Wayne. Which was utterly ridiculous. Uh, but anyway, um, Lost in Alaska. It's a it's a. Sh- not a long movie, but it's pretty fun. Hour and fifteen minutes, um, and it just has some. It's it's kind of low budget, so it has some funny shit when they're in Alaska, like see a polar bear or fucking some kind of shit like that, or I don't know. It's goofy. It's 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 madcap. That's what it is. Trespass Against Us with Michael Fassbinder and Brendan Gleeson, uh, written and directed by or written by Adam Smith and direct or uh, written by Alistair. Sit-ons and directed by Adam Smith. <sighs> I wanted to like this one a lot more. It's about these travelers, kind of gypsy kind of traveler people that live in caravans and uh, go out and do bad things. Um, Sean Harris is in this. Uh, he was a douche in uh, the um, 
in the year of our Lord, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Roy Kinnear's in this. Uh, so it's got a pretty good cast. Uh, it's not a bad story, but it's just not that, uh, I don't know, father and son kind of a thing. They're thieves. They're, they live on the outskirts. They're in that um, kind of a, I don't know if I'd say secret society, but like I said, they're kind of like gypsy travelers or whatever. And so people know that they are, they're treated like kind of scummy and like second class citizens, but they deserve it kind of. The little kids don't, of course, but they don't know any better. But, but, but it's worth a watch uh, because I love Fassbender and Gleason, but uh, I won't watch it again. It was just okay. I think it could have been, had, I expected more. The story is just kind of a like a kind of a small story. It wasn't like anything earth shattering or. Uh, let's see here. Oh my beak! God damn! What the hell? I got to hang upside down. <laughs> Trying to get straightened out. Uh, Triple Frontier. That's a Netflix movie starring Ben Affleck, Oscar Isaac, Charlie Hunnam, and the other guy from uh, the um, Garrett. Is it Garrett Headland from? Uh, the Pablo Escobar series, and uh, but it's got a decent cast. Ben Affleck looks like a bloated fucking guy who needs rehab, which he was. Started out okay, but then um, I don't know. I thought it would be better. I I want uh, uh, kind of. I think it's better. Uh, I don't, I was gonna say I think it's better than Sicario Part Two, but kind of put it on the same level because I didn't really think that one was that great either. Uh, but it's definitely not on Sicario level. Oscar Isaac is the, um, he stands out. And I feel like I've said this, that he was like, uh, stands out as being a better actor than everybody else in the fucking whole movie. Uh, yeah, again, it's worth a watch. I don't think I'd watch it again. I thought the trailer was better than the movie. You Only Live Twice. Um, yeah, scratch the side of my face. This was directed by Louis Gilbert or Gilbert, um, written by Harold Jack Bloom. Uh, the, the, uh, the, they weren't very well prepared. They were never very well prepared. There was always uh, um, rewriting the script and things like that, and I don't like that. So anyway, Jimmy Bond, poker Jimmy Bond. Um, this is the one that has, uh, and this wraps around to Frank Dukes because Frank Dukes claimed that the guy that trained him, if you watch Bloodsport, um, the guy that took him in and trained him with his son, with, uh, the guy's sons and then adopted Frank Dukes was Tiger Tanaka. Uh, and of course, uh, there's a character in these James Bond movie called Tiger Tanaka. So they, kind of think that uh, Frank Dukes was just full of shit and pulled things out of the air, like out of a James Bond movie. He wanted to be like James Bond. Uh, Donald Pleasance is in this. Uh, this first time you get to see Blofeld on screen, which is pretty cool. Um, this one was okay. It's it's worth a watch. It, uh, again, it's one of those ones that um, if you watched it back then when it came out and nobody knew anything about ninjas or if there were ninjas or what they were supposed to be, is pretty cool. Uh, it's kind of almost like... Um, the Killer Elite with James Caan, Bo Hopkins, and Burt Young uh, with the ninja thing, except that was later. Um, before any of the, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way because people use this term, before the chop sake stuff in like Kung Fu Magazine or Black Belt or on the big screen with um, 
Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris and everything. Um, this stuff was pretty exciting. You know, you had these these uh, guys that trained to be assassins and they covered their faces and everything. And now you look back and it's almost kind of seems ridiculous to think that that still goes on. Now, they may have ninjas or whatever. Uh, I would say like a Navy SEAL or something like that. Um, uh, but or, you know, Day of the Jackal, if you wanted to consider like that guy kind of like a ninja, somebody who's a who's a, a mercenary or, you know, an assassin or something like that. Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, was he a fucking ninja? I don't think so. He could have been. You never know. He was probably fucking more like James Bond, and they knocked him off and made him Apache. Oh, Apache. Uh, China Syndrome with uh, Michael Douglas, Jane Fonda, Jack Lemmon. Uh, it's a pretty good movie. Uh, really makes you think even today, especially this is a movie that uh, is like a precursor or something to think about when uh, Fukushima went to shit. Uh, and is still going to shit at this at this very moment. <clears throat> but this was 1979, where they were warning us about these nuclear power plants and uh, how dangerous it was, and if people cut corners or if the things were only good for 20 or 30 years, and it's past the 20 or 30 year point, uh, and they're still running them, that it could cause stuff that you can't come back from. Um, I was watching or seeing something the other day where somebody posted something online about Jane Fonda. And, of course, that and a lot of these news sites and everything, that brings out everybody saying what a cunt she was and Hanoi Jane, Hanoi Jane, Hanoi Jane, especially a lot of right-wingers and stuff. And I pointed out to them that you're jumping and bringing up the Hanoi Jane thing again after all these years, but the same people, uh, and I posted a picture of John McCain when he was in the Hanoi Hilton uh, with broken arms, broken legs, and they tortured the shit out of him for, like, about six fucking years. Uh, and the same people that are bitching about Hanoi Jane and calling her a liberal and a Democrat and a cunt and a traitor and all this shit, and that she should be put to death and put in jail or killed or whatever, are the same people that uh, would back a draft-dodging, bone-spur, um, blowhard con man against John McCain, who was actually in the Hanoi Hilton uh, and who was uh, beaten and brutalized for, like I said, like six fucking years and refused to leave uh, until all his men left when the uh, North Vietnamese said that he could go home. So, you know, and they shut the fuck up. Never heard another thing about it. Me. It was uh, Dark Passage, uh, Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, Bruce Bennett, written and directed by Delmer Davies, or Delmer Daves. There's no I there. This one was okay. I didn't think it was that great. I'm not the world's biggest Lauren Bacall fan, especially when she was, you know, I know she was a lot younger than um, Bogey, but in some of the movies where she's really young, it really comes across. I mean, like her, she, she looks too young in the face, number one for him, but I didn't think she was that great of an actor when she, uh, in some of her older movies. Um, this one was okay. It had a nice gimmick at, at first. Well, throughout the whole movie, but at first, you know, you, you, it's like a point of view thing where uh, you, you, the camera is Humphrey Bogart's eyes, and then uh, there's a reason why they do that, and then for the rest of the movie, when it gets to where you can see Humphrey Bogart, there's a reason for that too that happens. Uh, so I like that kind of gimmick. It, this is, a, of course, a, a noir classic. Um, I thought it was pretty good. I don't. It it wasn't like a Casablanca or anything like that. It it, it wasn't earth shattering. Yeah. Moving on. Plastic movies rewound the story of eighties home video boom. Uh, this was um, <clears throat> broken up into some 
<clears throat> excuse me, little pieces on YouTube. But it was very interesting telling the story of like the VHS craze and when you had a video store on every corner and some of the sleazy stuff that people did back then, um, the video store owners and some of the fly-by-night ones that came and went at the same time and um, different things like that. I, I really uh, hope that some of the other people uh, can um, find this on YouTube and give it a look. Um because I, I just thought it was a it was kind of a, just like a small little documentary, but it was fun. And if you lived through that time uh, during the VHS tape craze, you'll really appreciate it. I just happened to stumble across it. Poison Ivy 2 uh, with Alyssa Milano, uh, directed by Anne Guzald and um, written by Chloe King. I should have known a woman wrote this. Uh, well, no, I shouldn't say that. That's sexist because I don't know who wrote Poison Ivy 3, but this movie wasn't worth a shit. And I like Alyssa Milano. I'll watch Charm just to see her in her little outfits and her boobies and everything and her little belly or her little you know uh, belly shirts and everything. But this movie compared to Poison Ivy, the, the new seduction with Jamie Presley is a fucking turd. The whole concept of it is... Uh, <laughs> Ah, that tastes like tuna fish, but I haven't ate tuna. I ate like uh, some of that canned uh, chicken and with um, the mayo in it, just like I was making tuna salad, chicken salad, I guess. Uh, so that's probably what it is. <laughs> anyway, where do I go from here? You watch if you watch Poison Ivy, the new seduction, and then watch this movie. It's like watching. A porn movie, the the new seduction is like watching a a very well done porn movie with super hot people and a, and a good story, and then you watch this one and it's like somebody who, I mean, I I, I don't know how to put it like somebody's whose idea of what is hot is like absolutely tame. Um, of course, in the first one with Drew Barrymore, she comes and lives with his family, uh, befriends the uh, Sarah Gilbert, um, and then uh, it's almost like a, a dirty Lifetime movie where uh, Lifetime after ten o'clock, where she starts uh, seducing the the father uh, and trying to either do away with the mother. I think the mother in that one might've been Cheryl Ladd who was hot on Char Charlie's angels. But then, and then poison Ivy, the new seduction, Jamie Presley, who had been like playmate of the year or something. I think I said before, uh, when she looked at the script, it had like two nude scenes in it. And then when they saw her naked, they put like about 10 of them in it, which I fucking appreciated. And she was so fucking hot. And the ending even in that one was good because she goes off the fucking hinges, goes off the rails. The one with Alyssa Milano is like when Alyssa Milano was trying to, she was a kid star on a TV show, and then she was trying to prove that she wasn't a kid anymore. So she like she made the one movie where, about the vampires. And that one, I mean, like at least had like a threesome with her and a guy and another uh, chick. This one, it's like she decides she's going to, she starts reading ivy's diary and i thought it was going to be like she was going to become like possessed or something by poison ivy you know by ivy and start 
becoming uh, like a nympho or something. And it's like, you know, she goes out and I think gets like a little tattoo and starts wearing like belly shirts and the guy, there's a guy in it and she immediately tries or seduces him and she likes him. But then that's the only guy. It's not like she like she goes around fucking like other guys or like having lesbian stuff with women or whatever. It's like, okay, so you meet, you start reading this fucking thing. You start dressing instead of dressing like a schlub, you start dressing a little bit sexier and then you find a guy and you like him and you have sex with him. Well, I mean, that's just fucking almost kind of like normal shit. You know, I don't know. I wanted to see some, some craziness, some like a mentally ill person who uses sex and, uh, you know, and all this stuff. And I don't know. Poison Ivy 2 is a turd, dude. How can you take Alyssa Milano? And, but I think it was probably one of those deals, like I said, where she was trying to come out of the uh, of her shell and thought she would be sexy, but that was her idea of being sexy was. And it's not, it wasn't good. Of course, like I said, Poison Ivy, the new seduction is the greatest fun. And the nut stuff where she goes fucking nuts and just everything about it. It's fucking great. I give a Poison a Babak Najafi and stars Tari G. P. Henson, Billy Brown, and Winston. I thought I would like this better than I did. Uh, some other people said that, you know, they liked it and I watched it. Um, it was okay. It was just very average for me. Uh, big wheels keep on turning. Proud Mary keep on burning. Rolling on the river. <sighs> I like uh, Taraji P. Henson. I don't know. I just didn't. Uh, this one was just, like I said, very average. Uh, she was better in Baby Boy, where she bitched him out, like constantly bitched at him, and then he fucked the hell out of her. And then he tamed her. He was like, while he's fucking her, he's like, you're going to take the trash out now, aren't you? And she's like, yes, yes. Oh, God, yes, I'll take the trash out. I'll take it. And he's like banging the hell out of her while he's like, and you're going to fucking paint the living room, aren't you? <laughs> oh, God damn, whatever. Just do it. Yes, I'll paint it. I'll paint it every day of the week. Uh, Around the World in 80 Days from 1956, uh, directed by Michael Anderson and John Farrow. Uh, starring David Niven, Cantiflas, uh, who I didn't know who that was, but apparently he was like the most famous and richest comedian in Mexico, I think. Uh, and Shirley MacLaine, number one. Didn't know Shirley MacLaine was in this, and I love Shirley MacLaine. But even when I rented this, I was kind of, I kept it until it almost ran out, and I was like, I better watch this. I paid for it. Uh, it's not very good. It's a big, um, big money, big spectacular with a whole bunch of famous people in it that did like cameos. <clears throat> but I don't know. It just wasn't that good. Um, a lot of the cameos were by people that um, I'm like Andy Devine. I saw him and I've seen him in like uh, West old Westerns. Uh, who else? Noel Coward. Um, oh, John Carradine. There's not, but they're like older actors. So, I mean, I'm watching it and I'm, I'm didn't even, like recognize a lot of them. Um, it just was okay. It's it's very lighthearted. It could be like a kid movie. It's way too long. It's fucking like three hours long. I I would recommend it if you like read about the making of it and everything, and then want to watch it. But um, there's better things to watch that are older movies. And um, this was almost kind of like a I think like back when they were making like Doctor Doolittle and things like that that were really super lighthearted. They're they're close to being almost like di- old Disney movies. Uh, watch 1950s Gun Crazy, um, directed by Joseph H. Lewis, 
and uh, stars John Dahl, Peggy Cummins, and Barry uh, Kroger. Now, this is a movie that um, really parallels, or not parallels, because I think they said that the Bonnie and Clyde, uh, um, that Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway and copied a lot of a lot of the style and everything from this movie. Now, these two, the two uh, main characters in this are almost, I would think they would almost have to be based on Bonnie and Clyde. Um, they're not called that. They have different names and everything, but um, the, I think uh, the Clickers, um, Married with Clickers reviewed it, and that's why I, I listened to the review, and then I you know thought, ah, fuck, I want to check this out. Oot. And, uh, <sighs> fading people. Woo! Gotta get my stamina back up. This is really good, and one of the reasons it's it's a good noir. Um, it has an interesting kind of an interesting concept where these two people, uh, the one guy grew up, uh, the guy that's the Clyde like character, uh, grew up uh, loving guns, almost like uh, the people today that are obsessed with guns, like gun fetishism kind of a person. Um, like he literally loves guns, and uh, the girl is almost like an Annie. Uh, the 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 um, Bonnie Parker kind of ca- sort of character uh, is almost like an Annie Oakley uh, tar- circus or uh, carnival performer where she's a great shot and she can, you know, shoot balloons out of people's mouths or can shoot candles, put them out uh, or balloon or uh, I'm trying to think what else like throw knives and stuff like that. And uh, then they end up hooking up and uh, go on like a, a spree. Um, the one thing about this movie, when you watch it, um, uh, is looking at the style of how they shot the movie. It's almost like watching an Alfred Hitchcock movie where they have the boom shots and these interesting new ways of shooting uh, car chases or um, just camera work, cinematography, and things like that. I really liked it. I thought it was really good. It's a classic. I think it's public domain, so you can probably check that one out on YouTube. I can't remember. If that one is, or if I rented it, I think I watched it on YouTube. And let's see, uh, Widows. Um, this is Steve McQueen's uh, newest movie from 2018, starring Viola Davis, Michelle Rodriguez, uh, Elizabeth uh, Debicki. Uh, and if you want to know who, uh, and John Bernthal's in it, uh, there's some other people in it. I didn't think this was very good at all. And I'm and uh, what's his face? Robert Duvall's in it. It's kind of a mess. Uh, Elizabeth Debicki, the uh, Vin- or the Thor movie um, that like had like the video games and they attack uh, all that shit. Very tall, very statuesque. When I first started watching this movie, I was like, "Who the hell is that?" I've seen her in something before. I recognize her voice and everything. Um, she's very statuesque. I love Viola Davis. This movie, like I said, is kind of a mess. Um, there's a shitload of fucking stories going on at the same time. Um, I would rather had it be less cluttered and less going back and forth. Uh, some of them don't fucking mean shit. Um, this is the first Steve McQueen movie I think I've watched that I was disappointed in. I don't recommend. Let's get out of here. What else do we have here? How much time have we been going? Going hour and 34. Not too bad. I think I can stick it out. I watched Captain Marvel in the movie theater. It was okay. It was entertaining. It's not the best uh, superhero movie, which um, 
Marvel movie, which was to, for me still Winter Soldier. Um, I like that Brie Larson's character wasn't. Um, it would have been easy for her to. She played it differently than most female superhero kind of a deal, where um, even not as much a fish out. There was some fish out of water stuff when she came to Earth. Uh, which is kind of funny, but this is very lighthearted. Um, it does have, I think, kind of a political kind of a undertones or in your actually kind of more in your face about like people being refugees and stuff. And it, and it kind of goes against the Mar- Marvel story of uh, who's the villain and who's not. And, you know, you may th- think that this these people are bad because they're different. And then you uh, kind of think that the other people, the other faction are good because they seem or look more like you. They turn that on its head. Samuel L. Jackson and Brie Larson's interaction is pretty good. It's not great. It was worth a watch. I don't think I'll watch it again. It wasn't something that I will will rewatch or even go see in theater or even buy or rent on uh, digital download. So, uh, it was, but I, when I left the theater, I wasn't like, I wasn't jacking off, but I wasn't like also walking out of there, looking at my watch and walking out thinking, God, why did I go to the theater for this? Um, Vin Diesel, I think that was the question of, uh, who did I think sucked or something. And I, I couldn't think of any, I, even Wahlberg, there were some of his movies I like. I don't like Vin Diesel. I think I may have talked about that. I feel like shit right now all of a sudden. I think it's maybe because I took a Benadryl and I'm starting to fade. <laughs> Definitely. Luke Passam. Why was I wanting to talk about him? He's got a new movie coming out uh, that has uh, Cillian Murphy in it, and I really like him. Uh, definitely liked him in Peaky Blinders and um, Free Fire. Free Fire I've watched about ten times now. Uh, some people like it. Some people don't. I loved it. Um, I watched Leon the Professional again. We were just talking about Natalie Portman. Uh, this is a good movie. Um, had the poster up on my wall. Natalie Portman is so young in this that, um, <coughs> and still wasn't a very good actor back then. <laughs> uh, you know, Leon the Professional, we all know about it. I don't know what I'm talking about. Fuck. I think that's because I took that bed. I was just thinking, why the fuck am I starting to feel like shit? Uh, Mother, I've already got that up again. Now watch, I'll hit all these. Mo- How am I hitting these again? Did I put twice? Twice? Get out. Okay. Let me get my iPad over here and start looking. Oh, the girlfriend experience. Well, no, wait a minute. Did I put, I must have put this shit in twice. Maybe that's why things are fun. Okay. Girlfriend experience. I think the only reason I put that in is because I watched some Sasha Gray porn. And uh, to be honest with you, they, they, it's like you can get on uh, right now uh, X Hamster. You get on there, and they have full-length porn movies from, like, back in the day. Whether it was Veronica Hart, Kay Parker, Seika, Desiree Cousteau. Um, I'm trying to think of any of the other ones. Up until, like, the 80s with Ginger Lynn, all that, they have the full movies on there, whether they're an hour long, whether they're an hour and a half long, or whatever, with the story thing. Um, and some of them have been remastered, restored, like uh, Pretty Peaches is on there, and I know it's on Blu-ray now because I have the Blu-ray. Um, but you get into the other era like I said, with like the Sasha Gray. Okay, yeah. Girlfriend Experience was a regular movie, and I thought she was pretty bad as far as being an actor. Uh, but I was watching some of her porn, and um, if you watch her fucking porn, now some people love love her. I remember um, when I was listening to uh, podcast, 
when I first started listening to podcasts, there were some, and there probably still are, like uh, porn podcasts where they review porn movies and talk about talk to actual porn stars and things like that. Some of them are interesting. Um, but Sasha Gray, I mean, there were guys back then, and this is when she first came out, and I had no idea who she was and didn't really know anything about her. But that a lot of the younger guys, that was their go-to chick, like whether it was Seika or Ginger Lynn or whoever uh, back in the day. She was the it girl at the time. And, um, you know, so I was like, oh, check this chick out or whatever. And from the word go and up until just even the other day, um, I cannot stand listening to her because she, she is, it's like even though, even now, if I watch like Ginger Lynn in a movie, um, she just so over the top with, and I watched a clip. It was a clip from some old porn movie with Christy Canyon and I think uh, Tracy Lords, and they were like literally making fun of Ginger Lynn and Tracy Lords was making fun of how she pretended that she was turned on and stuff and how she would like make her like stomach go in and out like she was having an orgasm and, and how fakey her and here's the new thing in porn this uh, this porn talk is for rolf because rolf likes the porn talk i don't know other people might too but another thing is there over the past year or so i've noticed there's a thing and guys do it and girls do it where they go yes 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 okay yes 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 and i'm like what the fuck who the fuck's that yes 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 oh god yes 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 and i'm like shut the fuck up and that's how sasha gray is i think that I've watched some interviews with her and she said something about like pushing the edge and or the edges and how she wanted to, um, you know, uh, even sexually herself. She wanted to explore all the stuff like she wanted to really get out there. And even a lot of her fucking sex is like it's it's become almost like the John Wick of sex where it's just like stunt fucking. Let's see how many fucking fingers we can jam your pussy. How And like Love said about the gagging and the. <laughs> And it's like, God damn, Jesus fucking Christ. It's annoying. She is fucking annoying as shit. She has a great fucking ass, but she is annoying. I can't even hardly stand watching her. <laughs> I found this one girl. I'm trying to think what her name was. I can't remember. Because like I said, it's like I can remember like old porn stars because it was like a movie star. They made hour and a half movies where Marilyn Chambers and all this and that. Uh, but... Um, these ones, like, you know, they're just clips, and they might be, like, some of them might be half an hour long. There's some of them that are pretty good that have, like, a where you have, like, genres of, like, the uh, mature woman and the young younger girl uh, seduce the mature woman seducing the younger girl or whatever, or the older guy seducing the younger girl. Or uh, there's one that's uh, this Ashley Fires, and she does a lot of, like, uh, taboo movies, I guess, for the longest time. Back when we were young, they did the taboo movies, and it was like, you know, Kay Parker ends up, she's lonely or whatever, and she ends up fucking her son, <laughs> which is, you know, whatever. It's it's all fantasy. But for the longest time, especially on, on the Internet, they would have those kind of movies, but they would always make them say, like even on the clips, it would say, not her mother or not her sister or not her brother or whatever. And, um, um. Now, with like that um, Ashley Fire, she makes these fucking videos, and I mean, 
they're straight up um, like she says this is my son or it's like her and her husband fucking their daughter or and then there's some weird ones these these uh, I can't remember what the name of the the company is or whatever but it's some kind of taboo something and the scenarios they just have the clips on the internet so they're only like five minutes long and they and I, I say the thing's six minutes long probably four minutes is the weird setup and they're weird. Like they have some horror ones, like where somebody's locked up in a dungeon, and like, uh, and then they have like some fucking like almost like rapey shit. And then, but the ones I was talking about are they kind of um, they just have weird premises, like this girl going to uh, a psychiatrist because she she killed somebody or something and then the psychiatrist is talking to her and she talks about how her dad used to fucking have sex with her and then the psychiatrist uh sort of or no it's not a psychiatrist like a, it's a, it's a psychiatric thing that her probation depends on and so then he like almost like blackmails her and tells her if you don't do this shit for me then i will you know Make sure you never get out of here. And it's really creepy and really weird. There was one where uh, the mother had died. Now, this one, they did say it was the stepfather, but the mother had died, and the girl was still living with the stepfather, and she was being real like an asshole. She wouldn't do anything he wanted to do, and she would, like, spit in his face, and, and he would get so pissed off, and he'd, like, shake her and say, you know, about, they were going to therapy and everything. And this is uh, Angela White is the therapist uh, with her huge boobs and her big blue eyes. I think she's from Australia. And... um the next thing you know, she's like a therapist, but she, like I said, so these are like all kind of creepy premises. She starts telling the stepfather that the reason he's getting so pissed off is because he misses his wife and everything. And she reminds him of his wife and then tells the girl that the reason that she is so um, rebellious and all this stuff is because she's hurt, but she don't want to show it. And all of a sudden, so then she basically says that they're going to do like a, almost like a therapy thing <laughs> and has them start going at it. They start fucking, next thing you know, she joins in. So, you know, some good shit. <laughs> but anyway, I was going to say like, um, on that X hamster, they had, um, taboo with Kay Parker on there. And, um, I think I watched most of that. <laughs> and then, uh, some ones with like Hyapatia Lee that was supposedly in India had the real long, dark, straight black hair. That was, she was like a penthouse pet and everything. She was really hot. My dad had that penthouse and, uh, some ginger Lynn ones. And like I said, they, they have the full length movies on there. I'm trying to think of anybody else, uh, that, uh, I had been watching lately. Um, no, no, nothing really, you know, off the top of my head. there were some that I wrote down, but God's been so long now. Never sleep alone. Indecent Pleasures and the Hyapatia Lee one was Wild Wild West, which was pretty good. Although, you know, like I said, back in the 80s, everybody had the um, 80s hair, the 80s style of porn, uh, and um, just the way that they they acted and everything. Um, and it's pretty, most of them are pretty absurd, but um, it's worth a watch. Yeah, so that's porn talk. Let's see what we got else on here that um, I can bring up from just the past week or so. Rolf watched Reservoir Dogs, which is a, a Tarantino classic. Um, I just like all the banter in that. I was just talking about Michael Madsen being in something. Free Willy. I think he was in Free Willy. We were talking about Free Willy, which I'd never seen. And I looked up the cast, and I was surprised that he was in that. 
but Rolf's been watching a lot of Jalo and black exploitation, including Monkey Hustle and uh, Killing of the Flesh. I like when uh, Rolf watches a movie and I'm like, oh shit, maybe I might want to watch that. And then I look at his review and I'm like, ooh, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> Uh, let's see what else do we have here for Easter. Of course I had to post, uh, on Turner classic movies. Somebody said the best movies about Jesus. And I had to post uh, Jesus Christ vampire hunter along with a link on YouTube for the whole movie. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, stars born. Uh, <coughs> Jesus killing me that Jackson Maine. that movie was not very good. And coming back from the beach, my sister spoiled it for me, and I fucking went off on her like a jackass because I hate when people spoil movies for me. She said, yeah, but you've seen the one with Chris Christopherson. I'm like, yeah, but I saw the one with Chris Christopherson, and what you just told me isn't fucking what happened. Um, I watched um, Once Upon a Time in America. Uh, This is – it didn't start out being a classic because the first time I saw it, I thought it – I wanted to love it because I thought, oh, my God, Sergio Leone. It's got De Niro, James Woods, and everything. Uh, Treat Williams is in it. Who else? Uh, Burt Young. There's a whole bunch of people in it. Tuesday Weld. Um, Elizabeth McGovern. But they showed it on TV, I think, back then, before VHS. And I think they may have cut it up in two parts. I can't remember. But if it's this is another one. If you read the making of, uh, the movie was supposed to be like about fucking eight hours long. And Leone, they forced him to cut it down. And uh, it's got several different... Uh, cuts several different ones that, that have different different endings. The first ending, and of course, when I saw it, this was the uh, Hollywood release, and it was only like maybe two, maybe two hours long, maybe two and a half or something like that, two hours and twenty. And the ending, I really just, I was like, okay, what? And I think a lot of people were left that way. They were kind of like, okay, what the fuck? And um, then they put out another version uh, where they added a bunch of stuff. Uh, and I think when I saw that one and the ending to that one, I liked it better. Uh, this one is on Netflix for free. So if you want to check it out, it's a, it's definitely a classic, uh, you know, anything Le- Leone shot, um, Jesus Christ, what a, what a, a fucking master of cinema. Um, but for the most part, I think, um, when it first came out, it was considered a flop, but then they really, um, cleaned it up, added some stuff. I, I literally would love to see, um, like the whole fucking six or eight hours or whatever. Um, because there were, and it should, and, and have it, have it played almost like a mini series because from some of the stuff that I've read, there are things that were left out that are critical to understand what the fuck is happening. What the fuck is going on? I did like uh, reading about, again, like a lot of other movies, reading about who was supposed to play this part or that part. And they had it more, even more, uh, where you had the kids, then you had the middle age, and then the older. And I think like one time if they were going to have like say, and I can't remember exactly who was matched up, but they had the kid actor. And then say like uh, um, Robert De Niro and then James Cagney was going to play him as an old older you know, a senior citizen or, and sort of like that, they had some old actors that were still around, uh, whether it was Cagney or, um, um, Oh, who's the other fucker? Oh, I don't know. But like, you know, say if they, if they, if they would have done it earlier, cause he wanted to do it like all the way back in, um, uh, Oh, I think in the, maybe like the, um, 
late 60s or early 70s or something. And uh, the the actors that they had matched up with the young ones of that time, say it was like uh, Dustin Hoffman and then James Cagney was going to play him as an older older man and stuff like that. It was really interesting. Uh, so anyway, I'm glad I watched that again. I watched some uh, documentary or uh, interview documentary kind of a deal on um, YouTube with William Friedkin, and he's pretty interesting. He He's uh, he's not as bad as um, Melius. Melius is entertaining, but Melius is a blowhard. And uh, I think he likes the smell of his uh, he likes the smell of his own farts and the sound of his own voice. <laughs> and I like Melius. I just think he's kind of a fat fascist asshole. Now I, I shouldn't say fascist, but I mean he's definitely a, a right winger. Um, but one of the things I was watching with Friedkin is because I watched Cruising again, and I watched the documentary about Cruising. Um, well, that uh, with Friedkin and everything, and I'm, that's a very interesting movie. And I, you know, just, I like watching it and. Uh, just all the different red herrings and how they did the subliminal stuff and how they switched up uh, who the killer was, you know, at different points. And uh, almost like a, it, it, when they explained some of it, and this was just a concept that somebody was trying to come up with to try and maybe, maybe explain why Freakin did some of the things. Where you had, like, they changed the, you would have a physically one actor playing the killer, uh, but another voice uh they would dub in another voice. And and when you watch it now, you do see a lot. Of, you can really tell a lot of the dubbing, even if it was Pacino doing Pacino, because the gay community that was protesting the movie would make a shitload of noise so they couldn't use the takes, so they would have to go back in and dub in the people's voices. But it almost reminded me of uh, the book uh, Legion, uh, which was Exorcist Three in the movies, where you had a spirit that was... Uh, going around and getting into different people. They they knew that this Gemini killer was, or supposedly this guy was Gemini killer going around killing people, but the Gemini killer had been like put to death or something a long time ago. And so you had different people. They had different DNA or different fingerprints, but they were the Gemini killer. And it was sort of kind of like that. And I think that, I mean, Freakin definitely did it for a reason where he, I mean, the one guy that was um, one of Al Pacino's friends in real life that was the real muscular guy, that went with Stewie, uh, I think it was the first kill, and he hogtied him, and they were they were having sex. You know, I think you need a um, an ostrich feather down the down the uh, nape of your neck to the small of your back, and all that. And he's, oh, that's great. I've never made it with a Martian before. That guy um, in the scene where they're in the peep show, and the um, the guy that's the designer um, goes into the peep show. The guy that got killed at the beginning is actually the guy in the leather with the aviator sunglasses that follows him in there. But then the voice of the guy is, uh, I think, Richard Cox. And then at one point, uh, there's another guy that gets killed in the in the rambles. But he they use him to play the killer with the leather and the hat and the sunglasses again. But they use another different person's voice for that just to kind of confuse things and everything. It's just a fascinating movie. Like I said, I mean, I've talked about it on here a bunch of times. So there's no sense of going into it again but i also then like going on youtube and finding stuff freaking uh even talking about french connection and other movies that he did and and also um on the criterion uh channel on um youtube uh like with friedkin t- going and talking or uh, gasper no way or or uh, whoever they take him in and uh let him pick out movies and you know that they have on um and just talk about them, which ones they like, and what's inspired them, and this and that. It's pretty interesting. I watched uh, American Gangster, this Ridley Scott movie. 
starring Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe. Again, a companion piece for Prince of the City, Serpico, French Connection. Uh, it's a pretty good movie. It's not great, but uh, watch it again. It's also on Netflix. Uh, definitely worth a watch. Um, the character that Josh Brolin plays is definitely like uh, in the same unit that um, Treat Williams' character in Prince of the City is in, Special Investigative Unit and everything. So, I mean, you know. Think about that. What, however, you want. like I said, that's kind of like why it's a companion piece. They even have uh, some stuff about the French French connection in this movie. Denzel Washington does a really good job. Uh, let's see. I watched uh, the Front Runner uh, with uh, Hugh Jackman. Um, this was okay. It wasn't anything great. Um, it's definitely not like um, all the president's men worthy. It seems like it's kind of trying to maybe be in that level of a, of a movie or um but it's not uh it's not bad and i you know of course i know the story it's all about gary hart when he was running for president and uh and when he was caught um you know having an extramarital affair and everything and trying to cover up i think the point of the whole movie is um before that happened um a politician's uh sexual sex life the news news would lay off of it but then you were starting to get into the Geraldo Rivera inside inside edition or which would be like a TMZ kind of a thing now uh kind of getting into that where um news started becoming entertainment and uh it's interesting in that in that point and um but it just it was just very average um we had a discussion about uh the uh Indiana Jones movies online and um I was expressing that I really, when I went to see the second one, um, you know, after seeing the first one with my sister, I, uh, I was just like, oh, I can't wait for it to come out. And then seeing it, and, and I thought it was okay, but, it, you know, it just, the the uh, what they were doing with it was so much different. You know, you had all the fucking bugs and all the grossness and gore and things like that. And it just didn't work for me that much with fucking short round and, I thought Kate Capshaw was pretty hot, but um, that's not one of my favorite ones. Um, I like the first and the and the third one, Last Crusade with Sean Connery. Uh, people, you know, people like the uh, different ones. It's subjective. If you like it, that's great. No problems. Uh, brought up, um, you know, Seymour Cassell had died, and I also post. I went and uh, searching for um, episode seventy one, which uh, we did um, um, a mustache episode. Uh, great must manly mustaches and ponytails with Zardoz and also Minia Moskowitz, which was uh, start, which was a Cassavetti's movie that starred um, um, fucking Seymour Cassell. And uh, so I wanted to bring that up, and I, I want to go back and listen to it myself. I used to listen to all the shows like all the time, and crack me up and just take me back to the stuff that we were doing at the time and everything. I haven't listened in a while. So I might go back and listen to that. And another one that I wanted to listen to because it was set, it came up on Facebook seven years ago was the first time I saw Quarrel. And um, at that time, that was episode 35. And at that time, we were pretty new at doing episodes. And I think we were doing them about every week. And um, I think Bill and Mr. Chris from Outside the Cinema, we asked them to pick some movies for us. Uh, we were asking different people to pick different movies for us. And some of them would would uh, pick movies that they were like, oh, my God, I love this movie. I really want you to see. But I think some of them picked movies that uh, they thought were disturbing or movies that we would, you know, that were kind of different. And um, 
I remember one of them was a Tetsuo the Iron Man. And I thought that was on this episode, but I don't think it was. Uh, but uh, the Quarell episode is also posted on um, the group, uh, seven-year anniversary of seeing Quarell. Each man keys the things he loves. Each man keys the things he loves. Da 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 da. So anyway, I want to go back and listen to that. And when I st- I did the other day, and I started listening to, I listened about the first five minutes, and I was already cracking up uh, at the uh, some of the clips that uh, Loaf had cut out from the movie. I watched. Um, uh, Getting Even with uh, Edward Albert, Audrey Landers, and Joe Don Baker the other day. I'd seen the poster for this about a million times, but never watched it. Um, you know, Edward Albert, I remember him being in, like, um, oh, um, I think Midway. I think he played Charles Bra- or Charles Charlton Heston's son, uh, a, a pilot. Um, but also, he was on a lot of TV stuff, and he never, I never was, like, uh, mesmerized by him or whatever. I always just thought that, you know, he got what he got because he was Eddie Albert's son. But he was. This is a, uh, a definitely an '80s movie, '80s action movie, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, and one of the reasons I that I decided to watch it was because Joe Don Baker was in it, and I didn't realize that he plays a really good villain in it. It's um, it's more like a an '80s kind of like Schwarzenegger type action movie. I think ever if you like that kind of movie, I think you'd like it. Uh, a lot of shooting, but it's it's not uh, like a serious movie. Um, God damn it! I clicked on something that went all the way back. Let me get back down here. And then we're going to be getting off here. I got to go to sleep and go to work tonight. Each pinkies the things he loves. American gangster, front runner, Zardoz. Okay, I'm almost back to where I need to be. Greta, I have not seen that. Somebody watch Greta. Carl, watch Greta. I saw the trailer for it. I'm kind of curious uh, how how it is and uh, how Chloe Grace Moretz is going to move on in her cinema career watch Lewin Davis inside Lewin Davis again love this movie love the music in it I love the Coen brothers and their quirkiness and all the characters and everything and uh, Oscar Isaac is just fantastic in this because you are shit you will always be shit and about wrapping himself in condom after condom after condom with duct tape <laughs> that's pretty funny anyway um, would you do would you do that sounds like my dad uh, watch Free Fire again. Love that movie. I watched Charge of Light Brigade uh, with Errol Flynn and Olivia de Havilland. This is an oldie from like the ni- or mid nineteen thirties. I had watched the uh, remake or the uh, more historically accurate Charge of the Light Brigade with uh, David Hemmings, uh, which is really good, uh, and Trevor Howard. Um, this one, you know, it's old old Hollywood. Errol Flynn, Olivia de Havilland. They have a little bit of a love story, a little love triangle between him and his brother and Olivia de Havilland. Um, I read a lot about this one, and one thing that struck me was that there was this movie, I believe, is the reason that uh, they started having uh, animal rights uh, people and people from the government on movie sets uh, because when they shot the actual charge and everything, they used uh, trip lines to actually trip all these horses and a whole shitload of them got killed. Uh, or got maimed to where they had to put him down. And Errol Flynn was, I guess, a big um, uh, horseman in real life, equestrian or whatever. And he almost, like, knocked the shit out of the director for doing this, you know, because it's like, you know, this movie isn't worth killing these fucking animals, torturing them, hurting them real bad. Uh, watch Lords of Chaos. And, and of course, Charge of the Light Brigade. Again, if you watch it, if you want to see something that's more realistic, uh, watch the uh, newer one with, uh, like I said, David Hemmings. 
Um, but this one is more of a, a I don't want to say lighthearted because there's a lot of killing in it and stuff, and they do have some of the stuff is you know accurate. But um, again, they throw in the love story and things like that, so you're getting more of an old school Hollywood entertainment. Lords of Chaos with uh, Rory Culkin, Emery Cohen, Jack Kilmer, uh, Sky Fiera, and Walter Skosgard was really good. I don't know anything about Norwegian death metal. I don't listen to it. Um, it's not my thing. If you like it, that's great. Uh, but apparent, this is a true story or based on a true story. And, of course, after I watched this, I went and read everything I could about that and looked up interviews and things. Uh, very good movie. I really enjoyed it, I, and uh, it was very interesting. Like I said, I still don't like Norwegian death metal, but the people involved and in, in what happened and everything were very interesting. I watched uh, I Like Killing Flies, uh, the documentary about the re- Shopson's restaurant in New York, which I had seen many, many years ago uh, um, back in the old GGTMC days. Um, I, I really like wanted to fucking buy this movie, but then it was really expensive because it was a documentary and it wasn't put out in like, I think it might have been on, I don't know if it was on Netflix or YouTube or whatever. At first, and then once it got pulled, I mean, it was not readily available. If you looked on Amazon and things like that, I mean, it was pretty expensive because I don't think they put out a lot of DVDs of it. Uh, but I still love them, love it. I watched it again on YouTube for free. It's on there. Uh, but then I went and looked up, and uh, Kenny Shopson uh, had died, I think, like a couple of years ago. And I, I just was looking him up because I thought, well, I wonder what's going on with him because at the end of the movie – they had moved from their one place uh, like a couple blocks down and uh, just wanted to see, you know, I thought, okay, I wonder if, you know, what's going on there, if they're still in the same place, if they're still open and everything. And then I saw that he had actually passed away. Um, I went to see uh, the new Hellboy movie and I fucking loved it. A lot of people shit on it. A lot of people shit on it before it even came out. A lot of people shit on it just because of the trailer. And uh, a lot of people are still shitting on it that haven't even fucking seen it. And that, I think, you guys know me well enough to know from my rants and stuff on here that I hate when somebody hasn't seen something, but then they shit all over it and it becomes like a, a almost a piling on. And I'm like, okay, how many of you have seen this fucking movie? Well, none. I, I might muster up the, I might, I might fucking go see it someday if I fucking finally get the urge to see it or whatever. And I'm like, you guys are, and and, and the thing that when, especially when it's a movie that I end up really liking and I have seen it and I'm making an informed decision and then somebody or not somebody, but a whole shitload of people are jumping on a bandwagon when they haven't actually seen the fucking movie. And I know how diverse viewers are. I mean, you could have somebody I've done it myself with you guys online or loaf or whoever else will Sammy, whoever, um, where they may see something and think it's great. And then I'll go see it. And I'm like, I don't think it was that good. I mean, there are some people like if they say, Hey man, don't waste your time. This movie sucks. Um, there's a lot of times where if I, I'll trust their judgment, I'll end up watching it eventually, but man, the piling on kind of shit, especially like with this movie, I thought it was really entertaining. I read Hellboy. I read dark horse comics. I read BPRD and, um, everything in the movie was fucking right on as far as the comic. It had several different stories and I was like, Oh shit. I remember this. I remember that. I remember this character. I remember that character. The special effects were awesome. I thought, um, the guy who played Hellboy that was in stranger things. Can't remember his name off the top of my head was excellent as Hellboy. I thought the makeup was fucking good. He was, there was funny shit in it. 
gore. Uh, it was PG-13. I was almost like, if it would have had some sex, some titty in there, some sex, it would have been rated R because they it had every you know adult language, the F word and everything, and also fucking gore, like monsters fucking ripping people in two and you see their guts and shit. So that's pretty good. Uh, really good. I want to go see it again. I'll, I will buy Hellboy again. And like I said, maybe it's because I'm a big Hellboy fan, but I... And when I saw that first trailer and they were playing Billy Idol's uh, Moni Moni or whatever, I was I, I didn't think the trailer looked that good. And I was comparing it to the Ron Perlman Hellboy, but I thought this was right up there. Uh, it was really good. Uh, let's see. I'm going to have a couple other things here maybe, and then I'm going to shut her down. I watched uh, A Vigilante with Olivia Wilde, who I, I really like, Olivia Wilde. I uh, saw the trailer for this, and I was like, holy shit, that looks good. You know, It looks badass, dark, and everything. Um I really liked probably like the first half of the movie and what she was doing and that they didn't just spell it out why she was doing what she was doing or who she was and everything. Then they kind of tried to, uh, to me where I I liked the movie, but I thought it kind of fell off because they tried to wrap everything up too nicely. If they would have never said why she was doing what she was doing or why she was so obsessed or so whatever, um, I almost would have been fine with that because, but, but the way that they did it and the way that they wrapped it up and told everything, I just thought it was a little too neat, but I, I would recommend people watch it. I just wouldn't, I don't think it's a great movie. I like Olivia Wilde. Uh, what else we got here? I think Rolf watched pie, which I fucking loved everything about that movie. That was the first Aronofsky movie. I think I saw and it was just shot so differently. The subject matter was so different and unique and so um, interesting. Um, yeah, I really like that one. Good choice, Rolf. And uh, we got to be getting there. I, Each Dawn I Die with James Cagney and George Raft. This was an old uh, you know, prison movie, black and whitey. Um, not great. It was. It was. Uh, it's worth a watch. It's a little. A little better than average, but not great. Um, again, you have to take into account the time, the times that it was made in, and everything. Um, Cagney kind of falsely accused, goes to prison, trying to trying to prove himself. Whereas Raft is a hardened uh, criminal who's in there forever, and they kind of hit it off, and they're going to try and figure out a way to help Cagney prove his innocence and shit like that. Had uh, Slappy Maxie Rosenblum, this boxer, a uh, famous world champion boxer in it. He had big cauliflower ears, which was interesting. Um, That might be it. Let's see if we have anything else here. And I think Rolf asked a couple questions, but I think one of them was the porn thing, and I already answered that. Um, There were some um, conventions going on. Um, that I missed, but uh, because I was on vacation, but I definitely would have liked to have attended. Um, let's go back here and find Rolfie's thing, and just do a quick answer to his questions. I read them already, so it's not they were pretty lighthearted. And then I'm gonna get off here and go to sleep, Daddy. Here's my Cthulhu Easter egg, and do 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 do. Favorite Easter stories? I'll be honest with you, I don't have any. I just remember going and, you know, we'd get the uh, 
get the basket full of candy. Uh, sometimes you would get the chocolate Easter bunny that was, it's like hollow inside, so it's easier to eat. But then sometimes you get that real solid one. You'd almost have to fucking take a hacksaw and cut pieces of it off because it was so solid and hard. Uh, and just hunting Easter eggs. Um, Easter's not a big thing for me around here, you know. Most of the time I have to work, or and if I do go out to my sister's, it's just like going out for dinner or going out to eat, you know, a meal at her house. Um, what did the Easter bunny bring you when you were a kid? Again, just, you know, we... It was fun to color the eggs, you know, that was like part of it, coloring the eggs and then hiding them. And, the, you know, when you're young, of course, parents go hide them for you. And then when you had like nieces and nephews and stuff, going going and hide them and watching them look for them and stuff. But it wasn't like a big thing, Jesus and all that. Favorite movie starring a bunny? Put the bunny back in the box. You know what that one is, Rolf. I think you just watched Con Air. And, of course, you know the one with... Uh, What's the one with Jimmy Stewart and the rabbit? can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, but like I said, just right off the top of my head, I would say Nicolas Cage in Con Air. Put the bunny back in the box. Why didn't you put the bunny back in the box? <laughs> Please share some porn reviews. Um, again, just talked about porn. Um, I was watching, um, I think it was either Taboo or Taboo 2 with Kay Parker. Whichever one it was, it had Aunt, Aunt Peg in it. She was her friend, and she was like a nympho. And, um, but one of them, what the heck was the girl's name? It just reminded me, it, it was a lot more, like I said, it had an actual story, like a regular movie, but, which had sex in it. Right? But uh, the characters weren't, like even like um, Kay Parker or, or whoever, they all had real boobs, whether they were small or big, and they all looked like people that you could actually know, like that might work at a store or work with you or or whatever, or your friend's hot mom or something back in the day. They didn't have the bleached blonde hair. I mean, Seika did, but still, she was more just like a character and had real, it wasn't like the plastic fake ass, fake tits, um, and all that shit. Um, but there was one. I'm trying to think of what that chick's name was. She just reminded me of somebody I went to high school with because uh, she wasn't, like, super good looking. But she wasn't – she kind of had – it was a cross between being high school good looking with a little bit of ugly and a little bit of I might be a little bit fucking stoned when she had sex. I'll have to look her up, but I don't have the I don't have the fucking reserve right now to look this chick up. What the fuck was her name? Let me see if I can find it on here. <laughs> she reminded me of somebody I went to went to school with that was like a kind of a stoner girl that would those you know whatever. Let's see. Let me just look up K Parker. There's still all kind of taboo. Let's see K Parker. See if it'll come up on IMDb. Might might not. Actress. Man, I'm feeling some uh, rest or some. Uh, Intestinal distress here, people. <laughs> Let's see. K. Parker, Taboo Cat. I'm talking about Nick Jackson, mate. I want to fucking look up here. I liked uh, the Chris Christopherson, Barbara Streisand, A Star is Born movie better than the one that just that was the big Oscar bait one. Um, cast. I'll probably think of it as soon before I even look it up. Okay. 
you had uh, Kay Parker, of course. Mike Ranger was the one that played her son. And I believe I read somewhere that he was actually like dating her and she was older and he was younger. Um, the chick I'm thinking of is, uh, it says Lee LeMay, but I thought her name was Lynn LeMay. Something LeMay. Let me look it up. She reminds me of like one of those chicks that used to smoke cigarettes and pot in school that was more way more mature at her age than she should have been. Uh, it says Lee LeMay. I thought it was her last, her first name was different, but that's who it is. Anyway, uh, as L. Lee LeMay. Hmm, whatever, who gives a shit? I got to go to the bathroom. I got to go to sleep. So that's just somebody, like I said, I, th I thought she looked like she might, you know, I'm sure there was probably a lot of drugs on those sets, but she looked uh, kind of stoned when she was having sex, and she looked like somebody that you went to high school with that you actually could have got. And I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, I don't think there's anything else going on. How long have we been going on here? Two hours and 15 minutes plus the one which I did save, and I'll put that in there and have Loaf post both of these, and uh, so you'll get your full, full complement of movie stuff. And you'll get to hear me suffering. And uh, But anyway, this is Dr. Zom uh, back from uh, seeing um, Laurence Olivier, getting tortured by Laurence Olivier, my teeth, and back from the grave, back from the beach. Hard to come back to fucking work after you've been gone for, you know, 10 days or whatever, sitting in the sun and watching the ocean crash in, eating good food and listening to music. And then having to come back here. But uh, I'm back. And uh, hopefully, again, as I've said many times before, we'll get the loafster back in. And uh, maybe we'll review Quarrel again or something. <laughs> we'll have a, uh, a reunion of sorts. And we'll dress up in our sailor costumes with our little buttons. And uh, do. Uh, I wish, see, now I wish we could almost go back and review like Cruising, Quarrel, uh, Tetsuo the Iron Man, and some of that weird shit <laughs> anyway people uh thank you for hanging in there with us and uh we will be back shortly this is dr zom saying ciao baby <laughs>